supposed to be on top of this. No, what's wiggity whack is your damn monkey. Oh, here we go with a monkey again, DJ. DJ, with a monkey. Yes, here we go again. First it pooed on my incense. Then it decided to poo on my two little balls. And then it pooed on my picture of Swami Muktananda. Why, will you please tell this man that Dijor means hygiene? Hey, you know what? Maybe if you show Dr. Zayas the proper respect, Dr. Zayas will stop showing you the poo. Gentlemen, I'm kill you, you Put yeah, I will rip oh, okay. Okay. Enough of this. Oh, oh you didn't touch it. This, baby. Eye contact, hand. Yeah. Eye contact, hand. Folks, welcome to another episode of the Sydney Podcast. Uh, where fuchsia is always the new purple. I'll throw that out there. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and uh, with me today is the full crew. I'm so excited that we're all here together. You know, I'll introduce Jamie first. How you doing? I am doing okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's good. <laughs> and I just was, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I said just okay. Just okay. Yeah, me too. Just and uh, just just Iris is here. Iris is here. You know. <laughs> Hello. Um. Hopefully, um, you guys can hear me because my voice is just going to the wayside because I've got a cold. I hear you just fine. And Suzanne is here. Greetings. I'm recovering from vacation mm. and a massive allergy attack. Yeah, those are always fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> those allergy attacks. I was I was just turning down the volume on my phone when my mother called. So I'm like, <laughs> I'll get back with my mom later. Yes, indeed. But yeah, I vacation was fantastic and uh, allergies suck. Yeah, yeah, that they do. That they do. Oh, my gosh. Ah. And everyone is suffering today. There is suffering. Suffering is good, Our though. Poor crew. Let's, yeah. just, let, let's just know we're human beings, see? No, but I'm glad you ladies are joining us today. I missed you last week. Oh, I've been missing you all. That's why I had to do it. I just don't care if I got a cold. I'm going to do it. All right. I was in New Orleans, so I'm really sorry. Oh, well, you were, sorry. A, you were having a better time, so it's okay. <laughs> Not that, oh, that sounded bad. Not... <laughs> hey, you, you heard I had what? a wonderful time here with Gary and Ricky and Johnny, but... Um, you know, New Orleans is New Orleans, so there's that. Oh yeah, not hurt my feelings whatsoever. But I'll uh, I'll ask uh, Suzanne first uh, what she's been watching. Um, very little since I was on vacation. I we did not even turn the television on in the hotel room. Mm. But I did manage to watch most of season two of Thirteen Reasons Why. I'm curious as to what a season two of that show is like i mean it, it's basically the aftermath and the court case against the school 
Oh, okay. Okay. Cause I was like, when I, and I haven't looked into it at all. I just heard, oh, there's a season two. And I'm like, what did someone else commit suicide? Did, did, uh, did, a, did another thing surface? It's like, oh, here's 13 more reasons why, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I, uh, oh. I was just trying to figure out what direction they would take that in, but okay. So yeah, it's worth watching. I've got to go back and rewatch a couple of episodes because I fell asleep last night watching them. <laughs> Thank you, Benadryl. And that's pretty much it. Like I said, I've we got back from vacation and I just barely had the television on. Okay. Irish. Um, I recently watched The Post, which was extremely amazing. I really enjoyed that uh, with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. And, of course, being the person that I am, I had to go look for The Pentagon Papers, which is about 36 hours of somebody reading to me, which I will be listening to soon. Um, And I also watched, um, I've started watching the Amazon series um, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Very, very interesting, uh, a bit surreal, and I'm really enjoying it because I can. you can now, I think this is like about the fourth or fifth episode, you can really start to see the character starting to unravel, and it's really, really cool to watch someone who looks like has it completely together just falling apart. So that's really kind of cool. But um, mostly I've been reading and I um, I've started Well, I was in the middle of um, in the middle of The Exorcist right now, because why not? Uh, and I just finished uh, The Haunted, which is the Smurl haunting in Pennsylvania. That oh, God, I've read that a long time yeah. ago. I yeah. love that book and I love the TV movie. That is one of my I am trying old, old to time. find that. I am oh, trying to find it. It's on oh, YouTube. I'll send it to you. I'll send okay, it to thank you. you. That is one of my all-time favorite TV movies. Like, oh, I, I know. It's awesome. absolutely love it. And um, uh, yeah, totally worth it. And I love the book too. But so many there are so many things in the book that, that, you know, that they don't get to in the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, okay. That's a really, I mean, no, but it, it's still very good, but it's such a fascinating case. It was, it really wasn't. I'm, um, for the time, I was really surprised that it wasn't more in your face. I guess Amityville was just like, you know, everywhere. And then when the Smurls came up, it was like, oh, it's just another one of those. And just the shit that this family had to go through, not just because of what was going on in their house, but neighbors. Right, the media. And, yeah, and all this. I'm like, fuck, man. And it was like, damn, that sucks for you guys. I'm ashamed to say me and my friends drove to West Pittston to try to find it. No Oh, did you find it? Did you? No. We tried. Believe me, we tried. But, yeah, we didn't find it. Yeah, so that was uh, real interesting. And then I've got, I've just started another one, which is um, The Sleeping Giant. Uh, And that... um, it started out really good. It's about a, a Japanese family who's looking for their son that has disappeared in the war. So, um, yeah, that's basically all I'm doing. Yeah, I've actually read more than I've watched TV, and I found this author that I'm pretty much, I can't stop reading anything he's written. His name is Ronald Melfi, and he wrote this a couple of very good books, Bone White, The Narrows, and... Oh, the God, Narrows! I love The, the Narrows! Is that the one with the, like, there's, uh, 
like a creature that's coming out and turning people into like they're like vampire thingies. Is that yes, yes, yeah. I know that. Wasn't there a movie made off that? I or don't a, know something. Oh, I'm gonna have to find it because the book was excellent. Oh yeah, and the other one, um, like I said, I just I just finished December Park. I'm starting. Uh, I just started Floating Staircase, which apparently I bought four years ago and never read. Go figure. Hmm. Floating Staircase. I have to look that one up. But Bone White was really good. It takes place in Alaska, and basically it's about this local legend and. People start vanishing, and they discover this mass grave, and it's just it's it's really interesting, and it was fun reading in New Orleans because it takes place in Alaska in the dead of winter, so I would have that feeling of cold when <laughs> I was reading it. Cool. Oh man, Jamie, go ahead. Well, we are still reading Headhunter um, by Michael Slade, which is an excellent book, but I. I've just been working so much that we have gotten very little reading time in and I'm anxious to get through it because one, it's an excellent book, but I also have so many other things I want to read that have been popping up lately. Um, one of them being, we had been talking about going back through the exorcist. So I'm pretty excited about reading that again. I have a question. When you guys read aloud, does somebody do mm-hmm. voices when you guys read aloud? Cause it'd be kind of funny. Just like, uh, sometimes, sometimes I do. Um, Record that shit. I'm the, I'm yes, the one please who, record that. I'm the one who reads aloud, and okay. of course, <laughs> and occasionally I do. When, for instance, when I was when I read him Harry Potter, I did all the voices. Oh boy! <laughs> and the problem with that though is that it takes longer because I have to get to get in character. Each, each, yeah, each time you <laughs> switch characters, I have to. Re, you know, it, it I have to adjust, and so it takes me a couple seconds to get back into that voice, back into that mode, back and like with Harry Potter, for instance, there are a lot of characters, so that took a really long time, <laughs> but it was fun. It, it, it was fun. Um, typically, I don't unless there's something specific about a character that lends itself to that. If that makes any sense, like if if. If their nationality is important for whatever reason, or if you know, um, or if they're f- like, if it's like a humorous thing, then you know, if it's important to the story, then I will do the voices. So he always gets a kick out of that. It's stereotype story hour with Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you um, could read the the white pages, and I'd listen. Ah, uh, <laughs> thank you. I uh, I do I do love it though. I have to say, it's fun times. Um, reading. Oh, as far as watching, we have we went to see. Oh, first and foremost, we went to see Upgrade. Oh, how was that? And, well, you know, uh, Brian loved it, flat out loved it. I was not as crazy about it, and I think it's honestly, I think it's me because I had these, I had this idea in my mind that it was going to be, like I, I was picturing it being like pretty much nonstop action, kind of like a John Wick, you know, in that sense that is just action, 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 action. And there is a lot of action, but it's like short bursts of action. And then there's story stuff in between. And I was honestly, <laughs> I was bored with the story parts. I really enjoyed the action parts and I was just kind of waiting to get back to the action parts. So I, 
I'm, I'm not sure. I do believe, though, that if I were to watch it again, that I would like it a lot more. So I think that's on me. It was pretty well done. And I do really like the story because the throughout the majority of the film, I kind of figured I knew where it was going. And uh, we get to the end and it was different than what I was picturing. And I like that. It it worked really well. So the resolution was pretty great. I think the performances were really fun. The action sequences were done so well. I mean, it just, it was pretty fantastic to see this guy, like, have zero control of his body and just beat the shit out of these people. And um, the disconnect between his, like, his his emotions or his face and what his body was doing was pretty hilarious at times. Um, Lee, I mean, Lee Winnell is, is pretty good. So he just basically did it again. I'm... You know, it's good stuff. It's okay. Um, there might be, we, did, you ever see Hardcore Henry, Henry before? I did, and that I did not like. Did it remind you of that at all? It's funny because while I was watching this, I did think of Hardcore Henry. And the problem I had with Hardcore Henry, though, was that it's straight up first person. That's all it is, yeah. And I don't like playing, I don't even like playing first person video games. Like, I'm... I will. Um, like currently, I'm playing Far Cry Five, and that's all first person. Mm-hmm. But it's not my favorite. I I tend to like third person. So, but watching an entire film of just through first person, I kind of I don't know. I just I didn't like it. I but I can see where people would, but I didn't. Oh, it's, it's really and it's so. really a crapshoot. I know like half people that I did ask do they, they, they like it. They liked it. The other half didn't like it. So. I did not, but I mean, I totally get why people would, but I just, it just kind of, I don't know. I couldn't get into it, but I thought it was an interesting idea for sure. I'm sorry. Continue. (laughs) Um, Oh, that's good. Uh, We also watched the Tomb Raider movie, the new one. Ooh, ooh. how's that? How's that? I thought it was really good. Uh, If you are a fan of the newer Tomb Raider games, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. then it is dead on. Oh, lovely. I can't I wait mean, to see there it There is now. so much stuff in there that is straight from the video game. So many. I mean, down to uh, little nods here and there, like weapons and stuff like that. But um, nice. and like you get this sense of like at the end, she does actually get her ice axe. And you're like, mm-hmm. fuck, yes. Oh, you know? so, um, it's it, it was really, really fun. I liked it a lot. It was clearly made by people who are fans of the series. There's some stuff in there that reminds me of the older Tomb Raider. Cause I've been playing Tomb Raider since the very beginning. Yes. I played every Tomb Raider game. Some so there is stuff in there that reminds me of the older Tomb Raider games that they kind of pulled out of there, just like little nods here and there, but it is so dead on the new games, which are fantastic. Mm-hmm. So basically it's like, um, they're like uncharted, but with Lara Croft. <laughs> um, nice. And uh, it, it's, so it's um really, I thought really, really good. If you're a fan of the games, then there's really no reason you won't love it. I, I can't see a reason that you won't love it because it was really, it was really fun. So I do recommend that. If you're not a fan of the video games, it's just, a, it's a good action film. It's like, it's a fun adventure action film, you know? Um, so you can enjoy it anyway, but um, yeah, I'd say it's definitely worth it. Ooh, I know what's for movie night tonight. <laughs> um, also watched Of Unknown Origin, which 
I had never seen before. I always thought I had. And I no, love that movie, and uh, I don't know why. Yeah, well, it's pretty great. I mean, Peter Weller is... Oh, he's just... He's awesome in that movie. And uh, I was like, so Brian got it for a review. And um, that, because the Blu-ray came out. And so he's like, have you seen this? And I was like, I don't know. I think so. He's like, it's a rat movie. And I was like, hmm. I thought all these years, I thought it was an alien film. And because of the title. And um, so we're watching it. And I'm like, wait, is this just like a regular rat? Like, this is just just a rat. And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So, like, we're watching it. And I'm like, first of all, holy fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ at that rat. <laughs> God damn. Um, I mean, that is some rough stuff that he's going through. Uh, I really thought it was kind of brilliant, though. I mean, you, you sort of, you watch, I mean, it's basically man versus nature. And you see him losing his mind he is just spiraling downward throughout this entire thing losing this battle and then there's of course this you know moment at the end where uh, he just i don't know peter weller is he shines i really think he he did a phenomenal job in that film yes he did he was and I enjoyed over it. the top and i haven't watched it in years and i really need to get that blu-ray well it's super fun i i really enjoyed it and so i'm glad i saw it even though i thought i had um but nope other than that we've just still been we're almost 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 to the end of the andy sedaris collection we have one more film left in the what's left uh i don't know um what's the last movie return to savage beach oh great one yes boobs galore Yeah, and well, you know, the thing is about this series is um, watching them all back to back to back to back to back and in order, you see the you see how they uh, they change over the years, you know, and so we have in this in the early films, we have all of these films with Donna Spears and um, we have these um, uh, they're like the Molokai cargo uh, cover. Uh, for their, you know, being federal agents or whatever. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's fun. And the later films when, after he brings in, um, oh crap. I can't remember what her name is. Oh, Julie, uh, Julie Strain. Mm-hmm. I don't like him as much. And it's, the, it's because we lose all the characters that I've come to love in the earlier films and the, it, they kind of switch gears. And this thing happens where like, his his son comes in and and does two films uh, like it right in the middle of Andy's films It's like toward, toward the end his his son comes in and suddenly he writes and directs two films and they're not the same it's like it just it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel the same and then Andy comes back and I'm like that's more like it that's <laughs> that's an Andy film and then um you know, but overall, uh, the the later films just don't seem to have everything that the earlier films do. And it's, I don't know, I mean, that's just a personal thing. There are people out there, I'm sure, who prefer the later films over the earlier films. But um, I am curious to see, because Savage Beach was a very early film, so I'm curious to see what he does with Return to Savage Beach. Um, um, I am definitely curious about that. Cause I think okay, Sav- don't... 
it, it it's really good. It's lots of fun and and it's real tongue in cheek. And there are some really nice nods back to the original, but don't um don't watch it with a very critical eye. <laughs> oh well, I mean, who the hell <laughs> watches Andy's an Indy Sedaris film with, with a critical right. eye anyway? But um, uh, yeah. yeah, no, don't worry about that. I. I am looking forward to it. There is still, even in the later ones, there's still that sense of fun. I mean, there's still lots of boobs, lots of remote control bombs. Yeah, right. I love um, the remote control bombs. Okay. Um, there's one movie I remember, and it was the guy was Ron Moss, and he threw this frisbee with razor blades on it. And Arctic you saw these to Hawaii. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw the fingers flying. For some reason, that is always like one of my favorite gags from those movies. Yeah, um, that is Brian's favorite. He loves Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Um, I really do love that one, too. But um, my favorite one is the very first one, which was Malibu Express. And Oh, I love the guy that was in it, and I can't yeah. remember his name. Uh, well, the guy the, in Malibu Darby Express. Darby something? Yes, yes. Uh, I don't remember his last name, but yes. And yeah, his name was Cody Abilene was his character. And throughout the films, they have Abilene's, but they're all like cousins or brothers or whatever of Cody. And he never comes back. And it just, damn it. That first film to me was by far the most fun. But, and it had a real good, like it had an actual mystery, decent story. It was fun. Like it just was fantastic. And then later it just sort of, they were, they ended up being just, they're all the same. You know, it's federal agents and, you know, some kind of diamond heist and, you know, Eric Estrada. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're still fun because of what they are. But anyway, um, so we're finally rounding out that. And then after we do that, we're going to do uh, we'll do our uh, Colossal Collection special. Uh, and that episode will be just strictly Andy Sedaris films. No. So. Nice. <laughs> I forgot one now. Do At what point does... um. <laughs> Oh, I forget now. I forget. Oh, I remember my question was, there's a Blu-ray that just came out. I think it's called Seven. That was an Andy Sedaris film. Is that a part of that set, or is it that, is that another film, the Sedaris film? Uh, did you say Seven? It's called Seven, I think. I, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, that's not in this collection. Right. Um, actually, I'm not familiar with that film. I'll have to look that up. Um, this is his first film. Oh, it was, but it's not like these? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Brian said that's his first film, but it's not like these. Gotcha. So um, I should have known. He would know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this collection, by the way, is called Girls, Guns, and G-Strings. Oh, that's and, the best one. And it's really fun. It is really fun. I'm having a good time with it. So, okay, I'm sorry. That was a very long after I said I I can't dawdle today. <laughs> that was oh, a that's okay. very long Second. We all jumped in, so. Yes. Um, so I'm done. Okay. <laughs> um, what did I watch? I didn't watch it a ton myself. I had to go back and look that and uh, see what that is. I watched one of the movies for the show and that inspired me to watch Rent and Have a Good Cry. And uh, that, that that happens sometimes. And, uh, you know. <laughs> um, I watched another Pune film, because we did one for this show. I watched Dangerously Close. It's uh, one of those... Uh, oh, that is so good. It's a pretty good movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, well, I just, I like that era. I like, and I used to have this massive crush on John Stockwell. Yeah. He's kind of half a douche in that movie, though. I know. I Not full-on douche, but kind of douchey. I didn't feel so bad. I didn't feel bad for him, like, it didn't Christine when he, when he broke his legs. You know, <laughs> it's a, 
It's like, yeah, no. I just, I, I had just such a thing for him when I was younger. Yeah, really fun. I'm happy I watched it. Uh, who knows? Maybe covered one day on the, uh, the special subset of shows. You know. <laughs> Um, I watched The Incredibles because I got the the 4K edition of it, and that looked really really tasty, and I enjoy that. And me and my mother will be going to see the new one uh, when it comes out on the 15th or around the 15th. Um, <clears throat> what else? Oh, I, I and this is a this is Disney all over the place. I I got the signature edition of uh, Peter Pan, and that's all cleaned up and gorgeous looking, and uh. I forgot about all the casual racism in that movie for some reason. I kind of washed it on my brain, all the stuff with the uh, the Indians and, you know, it's just, man, it's pretty bad. You know, but uh, they cancel Song of the South, but they, they allow certain stuff like that to stay in. And, and just, I, I'm not being overly sensitive here, but it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty racist, even for the 1950s or whatever. But it still looked pretty great, though. I still prefer Hook over over any Peter Pan adaptation, really, because I uh, I watch that any time of the year and uh, get real happy doing it. Um, what else was there? I've been watching a lot of TV on Amazon Prime because it's, it's everywhere. It's rampant down there. I think I've been watching it more than Netflix actually. Um, besides that, nothing really crazy new. I'm gonna leave it at that. <coughs> I'm sorry. I just remembered something. I'm Jamie Jenkinsing myself. And I wanted to mention this here because um, Krug mentioned it on the last show. The uh, there is a Netflix miniseries called Evil Genius, and he recommended. Oh my it. god! <laughs> Did you watch it? Yes, in uh, an evening. Yeah, we watched it straight through. Yeah, I mean it's four episodes. Um, they're about what, like an hour a piece? Yeah, something like that. Um, so yeah, we watched it straight through. Uh, I loved it. It was phenomenal to me. I mean, it's just if you've heard the case about the pizza guy who had the bomb strapped to him uh, to rob a bank um, and then he ended up getting blown up. um, This sort of just goes like it gets kind of nuts. I mean, all this stuff that was going on behind it. I mean, that's just the tip of. Oh, interestingly, that's just like the that's just the, the first layer of of what's going on here and then you kind of delve underneath and then it basically it focuses on this batshit crazy woman <laughs> who is scarily intelligent oh god yeah she really is manipulative. and manipulative and um it's it's um i was actually thinking of it's one of those things that keeps coming back to me and i was thinking about it yesterday and i thought you know if the one guy the um the other guy, the builder, the guy who was like really smart, um, the electronic guy. If yeah, if he hadn't passed away, um, well, yeah, um, that, that was nuts too. I just the way everything happened. If but if he imagine if he hadn't called, like if he hadn't turned her in, if he hadn't said anything, then uh, there's so much stuff that never would have been known. Yeah, I mean, and then I was thinking that's why. You can't afford to have partners when you when you commit a crime like that. I mean, you seriously can't. Like you just Ella even takes if he, it as one argument and exactly, and everything comes crashing down. Like just one thing, one thing, because she would have gotten away with everything, including the man in the freezer. Yeah, 
I just so, can't believe she got away with killing one guy. And I mean, when they showed the court footage of that trial, she looked like a fucking psychopath. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Did you uh, there was an interesting part with the court, um, the court artist where he was talking about how when it when the, the case first started, he was drawing her like kind of maniacal and, and he was focusing on the crazy. But then is as he looks at his art throughout the court, she starts to work on him, basically, or like just watching her. He starts she then he starts softening starts her up. To, to soften, you know, yeah. so she looks way less crazy toward the end than she does in the beginning and that's kind of because she's like psychologically not even pinpointing she doesn't even know he's there like she doesn't care about him like she doesn't know he exists even but just watching her um, she's she should have gotten an oscar for being best actress it's crazy it's i was i mean i vaguely remember when it happened and then it was just a Never thought about it again. And then I saw, I kept hearing about the miniseries on Netflix. And I, like I said, I was just stunned, yeah. absolutely stunned at the layers and layers between her and the neighbor. It was just really, it's wild. Intense. Oh, and then like the prostitute comes forward and, and, you know what? I just want to punch her in the face, though. Like I, oh, she is such a horrible fucking human being. I get now. I mean, I get that she feels bad now. Um, oh, but you know, she's yeah. like, he was a good guy. Well, if he was such a fucking good guy, why would you do that? I mean, you're just you fucking. I mean, it was drugs. I mean, that was just she was because drug drug addicts don't give a shit about anybody else. That's 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 what it boils down to. If you're that addicted to something, you don't give a damn what you do to anybody else. Yeah, some of the most selfish people in the world, and I just this nice guy, this innocent nice guy, is fucking dead, and not even just dead. I mean, we're talking. Oh, when they showed blown up the footage of him and the bomb going off, I, I like jumped. Oh, I did. I was shocked. I didn't think they would show it. I really didn't, and I was like, oh, sh- damn. <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, for people out there, if you have not seen it, it's on Netflix. I highly, highly recommend it. And it sounds like Suzanne does, does too. Yes. Um, especially if you like true crime or you're interested in just the, the workings of evil people, like how their minds work. It's pretty damn fascinating. That's why my only addictions are sweet tea and hardcore pornography. Doesn't really hurt anybody. (laughs) See. Oh, Gary. I don't know. We'll have to ask the government about that hardcore pornography thing. There, there are reports, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they know. <laughs> All that weird shit, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we'll move to our next segment, which is the beef, bitches, and mashed potatoes. Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't order fries. Beef. Mine's the Duke Deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? What's beefing you, girl? Anything, anything bad or uh, anything good? Here's what's beefing me. I'm gonna. I have a little bit of both. What's beefing me is people that go to work sick. Now I can understand if you have to go into work because you don't either have the time off, or you don't have the 
the uh, the benefit that I do of being able to work from home. I can understand that. But if you're in an office full of people that can work from home and you still go in and work when you're sick to get everybody else sick, that kind of pisses me off. Because let me tell you, I have stayed home two weeks already working from here because I don't want to pass this shit off to anyone. But yeah, that's my little beef. And then um, a happy part is that um, things are looking up for... uh, my dad and it looks like um i mean there's still gonna need to be some surgery done but um the doctors are a lot lot happy with his progress so that is really cool and my daughter-in-law is going to have twins so those are my happy points i'm so excited and yeah they'll be down here in about five weeks so we can't wait to see both all all four of them (laughs) Uh, and that's me. That's amazing news. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Now right. you have two more to be to have you wrapped around their fingers. Cause... I know that's <laughs> awful. But two more to teach about really amazing music and yes. badass movies. So there you go. Exactly. Oh, and our friend, our friend Corey Graham, his son is is doing better than he was. So that's good news. I don't too. know if you're listening, Corey, but you know I'm thinking about your brother. You know. And your right and your family. Um, Suzanne, what you got, girl? Oh, I'm just going to keep mine super short. Allergy attacks suck. Loved going and spending uh, two hours in the doctor's office yesterday waiting while I'm trying to rip my own flesh off. That was fun. It's always fun. Having them call in my prescription, and of course, my pharmacy is out of them, so I have to go drive another five miles to another pharmacy while trying not to rip my flesh off. And still hate people, but New Orleans was fucking awesome. I highly recommend New Orleans. We <laughs> got to tour the St. Louis number one. I saw Marie Laveau's grave. I put my hand on Marie Laveau's grave, if it's actually the bright Marie Laveau, because right. no one really knows for sure. <laughs> um, the Museum of Death, if you are into the morbid and freak, freakish, highly recommend that. They had a lot of uh, interesting artifacts. They they had a lot of serial killer letters. They had a couple of John Gacy paintings. Mm. They had just this one. It was even this one. It was just a little too much for me. Um, There are some very morbid curios from when JFK was assassinated. There was literally a bobblehead with his head open. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I was I, I looked at that. I was I was actually in stunned silence, which is very rare for me. But yes, highly recommend the Museum of Death. Also, if you are into zoos and aquariums, they have a beautiful aquarium. And yeah, that's pretty much it. A good one and a bad one. Cool. Jamie. Uh well I mentioned earlier that um a, a drug addiction is a is a is a nasty thing and I recently this week had a a revelation about a a person I care about quite a bit and that is that they um they may be lost I don't know I don't know what's going to happen with them but it may there may be no coming back and just when you think that um when you think that they're going to take an opportunity and 
and get their life together and and make some good decisions and then you find out that they did the exact opposite it um it's hard and it, it makes me angry angry at them because they know what they should be doing and they're not doing it and um angry at just the situation in general um i don't know because it makes you think when is going to be the last time when is it going to be the time that they don't that they don't come back and it's the, and it's a decision that they made it's their life but like i said drug addicts can be some of the most selfish people in the world and it's because they don't realize what they're doing or how they're what they're doing affects other people. And I don't mean just on an emotional level. I mean, you know, in a real life sense, you know, they, that, that, um, they will do things that physically hurt other people that fiscally hurt other people that emotionally hurt other people. And they just don't care because the only thing that is important to them is the one thing that's right in front of them. And that is infuriating. So yeah, that's, that's my beef. I'm sorry you laid it out there. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry you laid it out there, but I'm sorry for your, their situation and your situation, feeling as bad as you are right now about it. You know, I don't know this person, obviously, but I've dealt with it before as far as, not myself, I never let myself get that far, but people who've been addicted to, you know, hard drugs and uh, come down to go back up again, and that's a, it's a hard road if you don't have the dedication and, you know, the, the wherewithal to say, I'm going to stop doing this. And, uh, yeah, it's bad news. Um, One of my very close friends is a recovering heroin addict, and she is still trying to make amends to her family for the shit she did. And some of those family family ties are just never, ever going to be repaired because of it. Even though she has gotten her life together, and she's been clean for 18 months now. I mean, there comes a time when, uh, I mean, how, how much can you expect of other people? How, how much can you expect other people to be forgiving of? You know? Exactly. You know, yes, it is uh, a monster. And um, I mean, there there is a point in addiction when... You know, the person, it doesn't really, like, they lose control. Um, but at the same time, what at what point do other people have, you know, how long do they have to pay for the decisions that you make? You know, and um, it just, it blows my mind. You know, I have a friend who, um, he has a family member who... Uh, their their parents, uh, her his parents have dropped fifty thousand dollars twice to put him into rehab. Jesus. And he, he just keeps relapsing, and he doesn't care like what kind of burden it has put on his family. I mean, mortgaging the house and all of this stuff, and um, because they love him, because they want him to be okay, and he keeps saying, you know, he's going to try, and then he he you know, doesn't. And I get it that, you know, you could have uh, the purest of hearts and you maybe you really, really, really do want to try and you do want to fix it. And you just feel like you can't, you just feel like you have no control, but 
you know, at what point is it no longer everyone else's problem? I don't know. I mean, that seem that may seem harsh, but <clears throat> I think anyone out there who has ever been on the other end of that, the leeching end of that, or you know, um, can understand that that eventually you just get to the point where you just can't do it anymore. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's, I used to watch, um, uh, intervention all the time. And like, sometimes you would have those where you'd think that they're going to be okay at the end. And then it would be like, there would be this postscript at the end of the episode that was like six months later, you know, John OD'd and, you know, didn't make it like he died this time. Um, and that's just kind of like what what I feel like uh, with this person. It's just like one one of these days, that postscript is going to be there. And it hurts because you really care about the person, but at the same time, you're really angry at the person because what the fuck are you doing? So, fortunately for me, you know, most people there in my life that have been like that, especially my my uncle. I'll say his name. His name is Adam. My my, my mother's youngest brother uh, was addicted to crack for a long time. And he he did what crackheads do. He would steal from family members to buy more crack. He would right. he would beat his quadriplegic wife, which which is which is something you love a guy for beat, beating her handicapped oh, yeah. wife, you know. Uh, Jesus, terrible to his children. So this guy, you know, is still around. And every, every time he tries to you know, like try to make amends, he does something assholeish. And people are like oh, you like you know Uncle Adam. He he lost his leg. I'm like and. It's like when you give somebody twenty five chances, I just right. just cut them off. I, 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 I just I deal with him, you know. It's just and that's family. But he's a piece of shit, you know. Yeah, I mean sometimes it's just you got to. In my but psychology class, in, in in my psychology, my sociology class, my professor called that uh, sympathy cards, and it's basically everybody has a set of sympathy cards. And um, as you go throughout your life, people use them up. And once they're used up, kind of like your uncle with you, Gary, that's it. You're done with them. And um, hopefully, you know, we ourselves, especially myself, I hopefully have never put somebody into a point where I've used up all of their, all of my sympathy cards with them. But it is interesting to see because, um, my daughter has a, a friend and she is a heroin addict and um, she was clean for quite a while and she's got a little boy and everything. And uh, the way Cassie met her was she was uh, in Bellingham on the street and um, she was hooking and, um, you know, Cassie was at this little place called the, the Horseshoe and this gal was there and she looked like pretty rough and, um, you know, just came up to Cass and said, "Hey, do you got do you got anything you could help me?" Cass went and and gave her eighty bucks, and this friendship started with them. And you know, now Cassie has no idea where this gal's at. They've been on and off, on and off, and just recently she heard that she was somewhere in downtown, just hooking for her next hit, and it just it's heartbreaking. It really is, and I'm just wondering when is this this gal gonna use up Cassie's last sympathy card? It's really, really sad. Yeah, it's, it's a situation, you know. It, it's I, I've known some some bridge burning motherfuckers that have not been addicted to drugs. See, they just have uh, person oh, yeah. personality yeah. defects, I guess. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I know my fair share of those. Some bridge burning motherfuckers. There are there are some people out there that have made me intensely despise every other human on the planet just because I all of now I just expect people to act like assholes and just, you know, shitty human beings. So it's I've I've found that I've putting that barrier up again. And I'm like, yeah, I've got enough friends. I don't need any more fucking friends. So I'm not going to waste my time anymore. See, that's the danger of people using up your sympathy cards, too. You become a bit jaded. Yeah. yeah. And I know it is turning into a problem. Vacation, believe me, vacation helped. I just felt completely reset. Haven't been on vacation since 2009. So I'm hoping maybe that will help. But I'm very very cold i like i said i've just been fucked over so many times treated like hell talked about behind my back that i just it's it's hard for me to Shit, i didn't think you'd hear about that i'm sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew my ears were burning last week <laughs> but it's just hard for me to accept not really accept it's hard for me to warm up to people yeah which is a sh- and and it's a shame because well you, like you're a very kick-ass person i think you're very cool and i always enjoy talking to you and oh thank the, you the sad part about assholes you know get, f- forcing you in the other direction is that good like good people miss out on getting to know really cool people because those really cool people are tired of dealing with assholes bullshit. So they basically assholes ruin it for everyone else. You know, yep. and it's that's the shitty part about life is that you can't it's really hard to do nice things for people because then people take advantage and and like you do one thing nice for somebody and then they just keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back and I'm like god damn it like yeah. I was trying to be nice. And it and that is just as simple as anything. I mean, in um even in like fuck what I do in the restaurant business, you'll have uh these ladies came in a couple months ago and they're like, Oh, we are having a birthday. There are five of us and, and we have because we have this um um like a crab special on Sundays and Mondays where it's up to three pounds, you know, as much as you can eat up to three pounds for a price. And they're like, can we do that and get them all, get all three pounds at once and use it as an appetizer? And I'm like, well, no, I mean like there's no sharing. And they're like, well, we'll all five get entree, like other entrees and stuff, but we just all want to have some crab too. And, and so I talked to my owner and he was like, okay, we'll do this once. You know, and because they're all getting entrees or whatever. And and he's like, but let them know what I'm doing at this one time. And this is not something that will happen again because we honestly don't make any money on the crab. Don't make any money at all. I think he makes $3 a plate or like $3 a, a, a serving or a sale because it's just crab is expensive and this is a good deal. And like so we don't make any money. So he's like he's like, tell him I just I can't. I can't do this again, but I'll do it this one time. And I said, okay. Well, then last week I go into work. One of the waitresses comes outside and she's like, um, did you have like some ladies a while ago who got crab and shared it as an appetizer? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, they're back. No, no. And they wanted to do it again. 
And I was like, motherfucker, I told them no. I told them this was a one-time thing only because my, my owner happened to be here. Typically, he's not. And I don't have the authority to do that without him saying, okay, don't expect it to ever happen again. That's what I, I told them. And here they come. And they're like, well, we did it before. <gasps> oh, yeah. And um, so – and then this time they didn't even get entrees. They wanted to get just one order of crab oh. – and split it amongst themselves, and then like they like one of the ladies was gonna get like an appetizer to go along with it, and the other one was gonna get like add on a salad to go along with it or something like that. I'm like, fuck no, no you can't do that. I mean, that's not even no. <laughs> By the way, can I get a doggy? <laughs> no, back? No. Can, I the thing. can I get a doggy back for us these crab legs? We're, I'm we're telling you, man, stuff, it, you know? people people stuff that shit in their jacket. It's it's crazy, but um. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> Uh, there was this lady who used to come in. in she, yeah, there was this lady who used to come in, and she had a, a Meyer bag, like a plastic Meyer bag that she would put it down in her purse, and you'd see her just putting the crab in down in her purse while she oh, was. Uh, uh. And I don't like come come on. It sounds like, like my it sounds like my grandmother stealing salt and pepper shakers. You know, why not? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just it's like that was that's a perfect example. He did one. He did a nice thing for some ladies one time. And told him, look, you know, I'm doing this for you because, you know, I want to be nice and you're spending a lot of money here. And, you know, so I'll do this once, but I can't do it again. I, and I, here I, they come again. And then they throw in that, well, we did it before. I'm like, fuck that's you. That's rude as hell. Fuck you. You know, my, my, that's why you can't do nice things for people. My girlfriend was a classic restaurant and hotel stealer. She bring a second suitcase with her. This <laughs> for the hotels. I do take my, my shampoo and lotion from the hotel, though. Oh, yeah, man. I'm talking, like, pillows and blankets and stuff. In <laughs> oh, it. my God. Yeah, she's stuffing in there. What? Uh, I had this guy call yesterday. He wanted to carry out it. We have, um, like, with our, you get complimentary because we have these amazing breadsticks. Oh, my God. Um, but you get, you know, complimentary breadsticks, like, when you sit down and, you know, you can have as many as you want. And then if we get a carry out, we put a bag in there. And he goes, and he goes, so he orders his food. And he goes, I don't want any bread in the bag, so just give me some extra. And he's like turning around to somebody off the like in the room, and he's like, "What do you want? Extra what?" He's like, "Extra coleslaw, extra extra like another potato." And it's like, he, "Hello." He comes back to me, and he's like, "So just give me some extra." And I'm like, "Sir, I the bread is complimentary. I you can't, don't get extra anything." Uh, right. I was like, "I can't substitute anything for the bread, which is complimentary. I'll be happy to add something on if you like." But I cannot substitute anything for the free bread. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh, well, then no, never mind. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? And like, <laughs> or I would have people when I worked at the other place, like they'd have like the fish and chips and it would come with like a little cup of coleslaw, like a teeny little souffle cup of coleslaw. I'm like, I don't, um, I don't really like coleslaw. So just, uh, uh, just give me a salad instead. No, it's like... <laughs> Just give me no, that, that, not, that lobster biscuit instead, you know. It's just it's just a little thing on the plate. It comes with it. Whether you eat it, I don't care. But I'm not going to give you like a, or like a Greek salad and plate. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Treat it like a garnish, <laughs> motherfucker. Stop. My little hangout. Everybody expects Chris to throw them free drinks. I don't expect that. Chris is trying to make a living just like everybody else is. Right, right. But, yeah, that shit costs money. And one of the guys, oh, everybody switched from Jameson to Telemore Dew, which is a little more expensive. Mm -hmm. And he's expecting 
Chris to charge the same prices that another bar down the road does, but they buy cases of it. Chris gets a couple of bottles from his distributor. And he was raising holy hell about that. I'm like, it's a fucking quarter. Jesus Christ. I can see if you're absolutely out of the other one and you use your discretion to charge the same money as you would as the other one. But, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've done that before. But and it just because I was talking to the owner yesterday, I'm like, this guy wanted he wanted extra food instead of his free bread. And she's like, well, yeah, because don't you know, we don't pay for anything. Like, you know, everything it just magically get, appears in your kitchen. Right. All oh. of the food that we have here, it's free. We, it just shows up, you know, so and we may as well just hand it out to people because that's what they want. You know, um, and it you, you work, kills me. You work in a nice place, right? Like a nice, like. Yeah, yeah. It is very nice. You, you, have, you have ghetto restaurant problems at this nice place then. It is. Uh, it is <laughs> devastating. So I'm, I, I'm like, what is happening? You know, um, and I was at the other place the other day and this woman comes up and, and this is just a Coney. So it's like they've got um, we have Coney Day on Mondays and Wednesdays there. And so 99 cent Coney dogs, nice. which is basically chili dogs for people. So you get Coney's for 99 cents. Right. So but if you get 99 cent Coney's, you can't get your senior discount on top of that. Mm. <laughs> and I think that that's hilarious. Sense. I think it makes sense. You're getting because Coney's on the menu are two twenty nine. You're paying ninety nine cents. I want that ninety cent Coney. And, uh, Come on now, you know. So then this woman comes up and she goes, "Oh, I get my senior discount too." And I said, "Well, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't give a discount on top of the and discount on top of the discount. Like we can only do one discount. I can't give you a discount on the ninety nine cent. You know, when you have ninety nine cent Coney's." Well, you can take it off my fries and my drink. No, no, I can't. It's because there are conies on the ticket. <laughs> like, all you got was two conies, fries, and a drink. Are you serious? Is this the deal? Is this the hill you're going to die on, lady? You're gonna... <laughs> you want that 22 cents off your fries and, and that 20 cents? You, you're really going to, for 42 cents, that's what you're going to do? And I said, I'll tell you what, what I can do. If you do, I'll charge you regular price for the conies and I can take your senior discount off the whole thing. Snap. And she's like, well, no. And I'm like, okay, then that's your choice. So, I mean, <laughs> stop. Man. Seriously. Oh, my God. You know what? That sounds like my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I am so serious because my mom, like, we went in and we were, um, there was a sale at the, um, at the um, nursery and my mom had gone the the day prior, and she goes, "Come here, I want I want to get this this little lemon tree." And I'm like, "All right." So I'm going in there, and she's talking to the gal. She goes, "So you're gonna give me thirty percent on this?" And she's like, "Uh, we can give you 15. She goes, "Oh no, no, I talked to a man, and he said he'd give me thirty. And I'm like, "Mom." <laughs> that's just some good hustling right there he said, he said, and I'm like and she's like uh, who were you talking to what guy and she goes oh no maybe it was a girl I'm like mom 15 is fine thank you can we just get 15 thank you <laughs> like go away you should have let her play that out she actually she forgets stuff all the time I forget stuff often you know I forget he looked he was tall maybe uh, you, know? you know maybe he was tall maybe he's short I'm not sure white yeah. guy you know I, I been dealing with that shit all my life as a kid. <laughs> no. I just I don't know what it is with people's obsession to get things for free. Um when it, somebody has to pay for this. You know, businesses seriously, they have to make money. 
See, somehow, see, see, services are not free. There. See, Iris's mama, that's a hustle there. There's a difference there, okay? Oh, oh my mother is such a hustler, it's, it's you will per- not perfected, perfected over the years, you know. Home to a fine-tuned machine. <laughs> Embarrassing as hell to your kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, try... Uh, <laughs> I hate to say this, Iris, I really do. But that's the kind of person that I love pissing off. <laughs> and that is fine with me because I'll tell you what, I would wish somebody put that little old lady in her place once in a while. Oh. Well, bring her to my store. Okay. Because <laughs> I I'll don't bring... put up with the crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my beep is real short. Uh, <laughs> it's about a sportsman that I hate. Uh, for a lot of good reasons. Uh, the NBA Finals ended last night. Uh, Cavaliers got swept by the, the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder in the, in masterful style. I mean, Stephon Curry had... Golden State Warriors. Oh, Golden State Warriors, I mean, my bad. Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry had a 40-foot jumper that was just disgusting. Beat the fuck out of him. It was really ugly. And, you know, the, their star, Cavaliers star, uh, LeBron James, you know... Who is is an all star in every sense of the word? He he scores triple doubles all the time, but the problem is his team was was really pulling their weight, you know, and that's why they got swept. Because you can't do it by yourself. Well, <laughs> it's that's fine, but don't do the thing that LeBron does almost every game to where he's, you know, pretty much walks away when the game's over. He doesn't like shake hands with the teammates. Really shitty sportsmanship is what I really hate. You could be the biggest all star in the world. And the last night was the lowest of the low. I hope he got a giant fine for this, by the way. He decided five minutes left of the game, they were losing badly. He didn't want to play anymore. So he just he just went to their team that there was on the bench and shook their hands, shook their hands, shook their hands. You know, sarcastic. And then walked in the locker room. Yeah, sarcastically. And then went in the locker room. Yes, yeah, like Suzanne said. Oh my God. Are, did we do the, well, I'm not, I'm going to go home uh, I'm going to take my ball and go home now? Yes. Is yeah, that what he did? Somebody argued with me about that, too. I'm like, okay, you know what? You must live in a world where LeBron just is your ray of sunshine. It's like, oh, no, he congratulated the other team. I, I see his frustration. Really? I see his frustration. He scores all those points, and the team can't, and the team can't pull their weight. I understand. I see the frustration. But to be a shitty sportsman is the most worst thing you could do, in my opinion. It's, I agree. It's, it's, it's the worst thing, and he does it often. So if you have children and look up to LeBron James, t- tell him to find another hero because he he's a piece of shit, in my opinion, for, for that reason. Yeah, that was that was disgusting. And someone was like, well, somebody actually said, well, he congratulated the other team. He did it sarcastically. He didn't do it to be a good sportsman, you know? No. He pretty much wanted to uh, make a point. Really? And Man. walk off with pouty face it's terrible it was a terrible display of, of a human being and a sportsman i can't i can't i can't abide by that you know some issue making that much fucking money to play basketball I mean, there's people See, that is exactly why it's important for kids to learn how to lose yeah. exactly everyone everyone Thank wants you. kids to learn to to feel good about winning yeah that's great who doesn't feel good about winning that's not hard I you don't have to learn that from- shit I learned more from losing games than I ever did from winning any. Of course you do. I mean, that builds character. You have to. I mean, and that sounds so cheesy, but it does. You have to lose. You have to because you have to know what it's like. And that's why, like, whenever I I was a nanny and we played board games or anything, 
if that little girl beat me, she beat me because she beat me. She beat me fair and square. I never threw a game. And her dad was like, well, throw her a game every now and then. I'm like, let her earn it. And she did. And she did. And she loved it. When she won, she was excited. Yeah. And when she lost, she didn't fucking pout because she was like, well, you got me, Mimi. And that's the way it is. You know, I don't know. And this is a grown, but, this is a grown man. Who gets paid to play and that's the fucking sad part. Who gets paid, like, who gets paid to play Something play, is wrong. Who, you you should know better than that. I mean, there are thousands of players who don't make it in the NBA at all who would love to be in his place. Love it. Even 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 a little bit. A bench player. A little bit. You know. And this guy takes what he has and does that disgusting display. And I, I just... I just... It just makes me shine myself off uh, of... Uh, <laughs> It's 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 much worse than any protest that the NFL has going on, you know. To me, it's somebody who's just a shit sportsman and just a shitty human being in, in that sense. To to where you know, you go on national TV, make an ass out of yourself, and say, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I forget what the press conference said, but it, it was really it was really dumb too. I, I he'll never he'll never say he failed. He'll probably leave Cleveland. You know, I would because yeah, a player like that is as an asshole as he is. You, you need to. It's, it's a cancer. You got to have somebody to build a team around him. And Cleveland put a bandaid on that shit, and they they paid for it. They they lost bad to to, to Golden State badly, and they should have too. Look look at the powerhouse they have. But you know, Michael Jordan would have been shit without the, the people around him. It, it, it's just true. You need that guy to help him help help him score forty five points in a game, and uh, he had that. They don't got that in Cleveland, and uh, in frustration and uh, assholeism prevails. And uh, I just I just don't like it. I don't I don't like it. And uh, not like I watched him all season. I just I just see what he does. His actions. That's like the asshole who starts the base the the the, the bench clearing brawl at a baseball game. That's an asshole right there too. You know. I uh I, I can't abide by it. That's that's my beef. Sorry. <laughs> no, I agree with you. And like I said, somebody was arguing with me online, and I'm like, I'm sorry, he's a horrible sportsman. And the guy's like, well, he shook their hands. I'm like, yeah. And then ran to the locker room and left his teammates just sitting there. It's bullshit. It's a horrible display of sportsmanship. Fuck LeBron. I'll leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like when I would uh, go to... I used to have season tickets to the Lady Dogs basketball games at UGA. And it used to irritate me so much when I would see poor sportsmanship, not from the players, but from the band. Oh, yeah. And the fans. Yeah. The the fans and the band were just, they were nasty to the other teams. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, be normal. Like, you know, just... There, I mean, this is first of all, it's a game. I mean, it's an important game to these ladies because a lot of them are, have scholarships riding on it. Of course, I mean, it's a big deal to them. But what I'm saying is, in the end, it's a game, <laughs> and also, just be human. You know, these are human beings. You know, why are you treating them like that? There was this one girl on. I think she played for Tennessee. And every time she would hit the court, you would just hear Shrek, 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 Shrek. Jesus, she was, that's awful. She was a very large, like tall, like just broad, I mean, just large girl. And um, it was just, yeah, 
I mean, it was the band would start it and the fans would kick in. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Just quit. I mean, it was so frustrating. It just, I can't stand it. I I cannot stand it. I can see if it was a nickname that they knew they were being called. Well, yeah, I mean, if it was something they're okay with. No, it was just them being mean. Yeah, that's rude. Oh, my God. And I'm like, you know, there's no need for that. What do you, I mean, and they're like, oh, well, it's psyching them out. And I'm like, no, what? No, it's not. <laughs> it's being an asshole. But I was like, oh, it's just, you know, it's psychological. Yeah. What? <laughs> psychological warfare? What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, uh, Chicago fans can be relentless in, in any sense of the word. I mean, we, they, they... Oh, my God. How many brawls take place during the Crosstown Classic? Lots. You got Sox fans and Cubs fans beating the shit out of each other on the fucking train. It's, it's like uh, the picture the Cubs have, you Darvish, who, who sucked in L.A. and he sucks here, too. He's like, oh, Chicago fans are so mean. I was like, no, because if you suck, they're going to boo the fuck out of you for the end of, to the end of time. That's just the kind of fans they are, to tell you that you suck. Yeah, very, very unforgiving. Yeah, very unforgiving fans, you know. <laughs> oh, I'll leave the sports ball talk here. Uh, all on the table. Um, some good beef, some sad beefs, but uh, we're going to get into some some, uh, some some stuff tonight. <laughs> About two rock bands. And the, the, the structure of the show changed slightly because I had an idea from a conversation I had with uh, one of the directors of this film long ago, where he mentioned a film he did called Vicious Lips, which is about a, a lady rock band who may or may not go to a, a faraway planet to do a gig, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that when we talk about the movie, and uh, p- pair that with Josie and the Pussycats, so you have Josie and the Pussycats, and you have the Pussycats in outer space, I thought that'd be kind of fun, but uh, we'll find out how fun it is, we do Vicious Lips first, from 1986, uh, right after this. Hey, did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again? Yeah, as much as I love Friday the 13th, I don't need another show telling me how good it is. Exactly. Same thing goes for Halloween. It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out there. There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over. Like, oh, I always wanted to talk about Absentia. And I want someone to cover the room. The Skeleton Key's a good one. Then let's just do one. We can call it The ABCs of Hidden Horror. And we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored. Great idea! I know what my first one's gonna be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for the ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network, where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites, or introduce you to something new. Uh, Vicious Lips from 1986, uh, directed by the one and only Al Rapune. Um, plot synopsis is this. Sometime in the distant future, a fledgling band gets an opportunity for a breakthrough if they can make it in time to a faraway plant to perform in a very popular club. Um, this stars some lovely ladies in it. I don't know. They've only really acted in, uh, like a lot of B-movies. I think we're going to go crazy with it, you But, um, <laughs> we're literally, we're literally rocking with, rocking with Judy Jetson in this one, because uh, there's a character called Judy Jetson in this. But I'm going to, I'm going to kick the iris first and ask her what she thought about the movie. <laughs> Lies, I tell you, lies. lies. <laughs> look at that. Just look at that beautiful. Okay, sorry. I, I muted myself somehow That's because okay. I was. <laughs> when that I was like, I'm telling you what. I was waiting. Lies. The beautiful cover art 
in this. I see this and I'm like, oh, yes, it's Andy Sedaris space. No. <laughs> there is no TNA in this, except for like a scene. Almost. Yeah, I think <laughs> got, like, Almost. Th- th- those desert sellers yeah. are wearing much, you know. Ah, oh, those little desert fembots, whatever. Um, but um, hold on. Sorry, don't want to do my coughing fit on on, on the on the thingy thing. So yeah, um, it was an interesting movie. Very first time, didn't even know this existed. So that was kind of cool. And I watched this movie, and and uh, the first thing that popped into my head, I think it's on the second third scene, was student bodies because that's exactly what it was. In student bodies, where the, the main character, I forget the gal's name, is running through the school halls, and the school halls, halls are filled with body bags, and she's got all the characters coming out at her because they're dead and zombied and all that. That's exactly what happened in this. When um, Judy, or Ash 2.0, um, is, uh, or Ace, I'm sorry, not Ash, but Ace, uh, is running around that pleasure palace incorporated or whatever that was and there's all these things hanging from the ceiling and she's running through and she's being chased by this and that and then the real ace shows up and wants her name back it, it was kind of it was very confusing for me because i'm like wait how did but okay so she ran and what i was extremely confused throughout this movie and then it all turns out to be a dream yeah, they told they told a Wizard of Oz. I that, think. Uh, yeah, it, it was a real <laughs> Wizard of Oz situation. I think she got. So, I think she got clonked on the head, and then she woke up, and then it was time to go for the go to the gig. I think that's what happened. It was time to go to the gig. I'm like, wait, did I miss something? But uh, besides all that, it was a little inter- interesting and entertaining romp through the '80s. You know, which you know, an era I grew up in, and it was beautiful to see all this big hair and people wearing clothes that I remember people wearing clothes in high school. Uh, So um, I was entertained, but it was not what I was expecting. I, I, I think maybe that's where I started a little disappointed and the disappointment just grew and grew and grew. So, um, yeah, um, let's, Basically, for me, though, the music, th- this chick, Judy Jetson, has some pipes on her, though. Uh, Drew Ann Perry. I have to give her that. Acting, not so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but singing, if that is truly her singing. I think it's another, I think it's another band doing the songs, you know, much, oh, much is it? like in the next yeah, movie. Yeah, I looked it up. I, could, I can't remember the name of the band. I think, it, okay, well, I know that they said something like Drock was the, the people who were doing the music behind that well whoever this gal is she's got some nice set of pipes when we're singing and i'm i i like the music because it was kind of like that poppy you know synthy stuff synthy 80s art you know and um it was like walking into one of those uh paintings that were real popular in the 80s god i can't remember the guy's Uh, name 
Nagel. Nagel. Yes, Nagel. It was like walking into one of those pictures, one of those paintings. And I, I mean, that was kind of fun. But then when you go to Mad Max and the cannibals and all this other stuff, and I, that just really, really threw me. But um, all in all, entertaining. Uh, I had fun with it. Yeah. Fair enough. That's my two cents. Okay. Suzanne. Okay. I, I, I found this movie just conf- a little bit uh, style over substance. I like the way it looked. I like the way it sounded. I'm also a big fan of that type of 80s movie. This one just didn't quite do it for me. And I'm sorry, when I heard the girl's name was Judy Jetson, I was waiting to hear <laughs> Eep, Op, Ork, Ah, Ah. <laughs> nice. Nice callback. <laughs> that means um, I love you. That's the best. Yes. yes. Or Jet Screamer, Screamer, Screamer. You're a dreamer, dreamer, dreamer. <laughs> but yeah, I was just... Uh, the, I think maybe I, when I heard the name, my brain just went to another place. But it just, okay, this could have been a 45-minute short film. Okay. Band. Singer. Singer dies because, well, bad luck. New singer. Spaceship. There's an alien. Or there's a serial killer. Oh, yeah, just don't crash into everything, anything and it'll be fine. So, of course, you know they're going to crash. Um, big, uh, everybody gets us, if we go do this gig, we'll get signed. And it, this could have been over and done in 45 minutes. Granted, like I said, I, I thought it had a nice sleek eighties look to it. I just, like I said, I just think it was, uh, it, it didn't have to have a lot of substance, just maybe a little more consistency because I don't know. I just, I, I, the acting was not great the music i did like though because once again i'm i really like that 80s vibe but this one just kind of fell a little short for me and it was one of those i really wanted to like because i liked a couple of other movies that the director did and i I guess i was expecting something maybe a little different but yeah this one was just kind of okay for me fair enough jamie okay um Am I the only one that kept picturing Leah Thompson and Howard the Duck? <laughs> I, I'm always picturing Leah Thompson and Howard the Duck. That's my, how my brain um, works, though, you know. <laughs> because every time, I'm like, it's, it's, I was like, God, is this, I'm not watching Howard the Duck. Stop it. You're not watching Howard the Duck. You're not. Because that's what I kept thinking of. I mean, just throughout the, the, the aesthetically. I, I did like the music, particularly the song at the end. I, I, this Lunar Madness. I've had the name in my head at this whole time, and then now I can't remember it. But there was a was it something to do with time or something to do with no lunar madness? Lunar, the yeah. There we, we go. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yes. Um, that song I did really like uh, quite a bit. I, however, uh, may I interject that I immediately thought of you when when this song came on because I was like, oh, Jamie's gonna love this song because it's like lunar werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, that's sweet. Thank you. Um, yay. I uh, and I did. I did love that song. That was. There were a couple of songs in this in that I liked, but it was, that was easily my favorite, and um, so much so that I was like, oh, I, I might look that up later and see if I can find it. But as far as a film goes, I seriously just could not get into it, and it's just, um, I don't know. I I. I I don't know if it's the 
it's just not my thing. I think, I, I think it's just not the, the thing for me. And I can't really put my finger on why, because, and it's not that it reminded me of Howard the Duck because I like Howard the Duck, oddly enough. I'm like one of the four people who actually really like that movie. Um, I'm number one, goddammit, you know. Uh, <laughs> but there's something, I did find it a little bit confusing at times, and then I realized, oh, I know what it is. I don't care. <laughs> that was I, what I, it was. I, I understand that because... There's just certain types of films that I just I have very I have no interest in whatsoever, and right. this was just I, I I'm definitely in agreement with you. I, this was just not for me. And and I'm yeah, and I'm not saying so. I I guess really what I'm saying what I mean by that is, it may not be fair for me to be so negative with it because it just I don't think this would have been for me from the beginning if that makes any like it just wasn't. <sighs> I feel bad judging it because no, I didn't like it, but I feel bad judging it because it wasn't made for me. You know, that's like me, um, trying to legitimately review a twilight film. I can't because that film was not made for me. And I don't think it's fair for me to trash a film if it's not made for me. And I wouldn't trash this film. It's not that it's just that, I mean, cause I do, I do think that it looked good. I did like the music. But as far as like the watching it in the story and uh, I just wasn't I just wasn't into it. I couldn't get into it and it just didn't interest me. So but, you know, I don't think that's the film's fault necessarily. I think it just wasn't for me. Yeah, me. Um, I usually like our pune stuff like most of it. I, I've watched a lot of it, but um, this is probably one of uh, his most disjointed films, you know, with the naked eye, because it starts out with the, you know, the, um, this band needs to, needs to be a replacement on a bill, so she calls the sleazy manager, Maddie, this club promoter, to get this group together, but guess what? His lead singer just quit, so he finds this this pretty thing that he can meddle up, or whatever you want to call it, because they're not a metal band, and uh, since nobody mentioned it, I, I think that sexy Nikki Six is really, really sexy in this movie. The one with the big black wig, you know? That, that was kind of hot to me. Um, the songs are good. But then, then you get to, um, you know, this, this this story of them going to fly to this gig on this spaceship that happens to have this, this, this prisoner in the back that's, you know, Milo, the Venusian man-beast, you know, and... The only way he's, he's, he's stuck in there is, you know, through the power of this lock, and yeah, they crash, they crash into to this uh, this desert land, and, you know, they're, they're marooned there, and they they use up all the power by using, like, the shower and bullshit, you know, because they're women, oh my god, they gotta wash their hair and stuff, you know, and uh, he gets out, the manager is out and about in the desert, he runs into the, those sexy sirens I, I mentioned earlier, and... This film would have been real fine if it was the ladies against Milo the Venusian man beast and them trying to get back home. But then you get this whole, like, this false ending to where you get, like, like I mentioned when I was just talking, the Wizard of Oz ending to where our, our, our heroine, Ace, or Judy Jetson, whatever you want to call her, she wakes up in the hallway to, uh, of the place where she, technically she was, like, at the like the open mic night, and they're like, "Hey, let's go! It's time for the show." And then it was one of those things, and you were there, and you were there, and you were there, just just like the Wizard of Oz. And um, once it all came together, 
I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. I thought like that the performances were okay, the struggle in the band, you know, yada yada yada, because <laughs> naturally Judy thought that she was much bigger than she was, and she was gonna leave the band like right away. Whatever. Uh, I like the makeup, you know, because it's a uh, uh, Buchler doing the makeup, and uh, it always looks real fine. I thought that the the, the teeth on uh, Milo the Venusian Man Beast looked like uh, similar to uh, Angela from Night of the Demons. Even the um, the face makeup, I know that was a different guy doing the makeups, but it looked it looked very very familiar in that sense. Um, the uh, the the MTV music performances were 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 fun to watch. The songs are a lot of fun to listen to. So that's a big strength of this movie is that the songs are really good and they they may keep you in it, but not really make you want to go get the soundtrack more than anything else. But um, I agree that this is a very disjointed film and that you can either take or leave. I liked it okay, but I like other Pune stuff better than this. And that's where I'll leave uh, my part of the review, and I'll ask uh, Iris, and they'll she like to say about it, and uh, what is your rating, 1 to 10? Um, I'm going to give this a, a 5, because it was, like I said, it was it was entertaining, but it's probably not something that I'm going to go watch again. Fair enough. Suzanne? It was different. I Look, it's just not my type of film i liked some stuff about it but just it, it was it kind of fell pretty flat for me and i'm just gonna sit because I, I i'm gonna agree with jamie i don't want to really be harsh on it because it's not my thing but i'm still sitting at a five okay jamie well i can't really argue with any of that so i pretty much mirror what my lovely co-hosts have said also with a five. With a five. Yeah, I I, uh, I go with that five too. It's very middle of the road, and uh, it suffers for a film that it's a couple different things that don't necessarily work together. So it's very middle of the road. I go back to other Pune stuff first before I watch this again. Again, not hating on it. You know, he he may be listening. You know, because uh, he's listened to show reviews of of stuff I've done in the past and this stuff, and uh, God bless him. The man's got dementia, still making fucking movies, and uh, fighting it every day. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll um, leave it at that. We'll move on to our next feature, which I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about, because I, I, I adore this film. <laughs> we're going to Riverdale, and we're going to talk about Josie and the Pussycats from the year 2000, right after this. Hello and hi! Welcome to the radioactive dream. Once a mess, now a nightmare, but it is! Maxine Mortogo proudly presents its newest discovery from the farthest reaches of the galactic perversion for the first time on intercellular TV. Ladies and gentlemen, things and gings, put a bite on four vicious slips.
not trash. <laughs> We're looking at a total absolute phenomenon here. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, you don't need to. You don't need to. I'm just going to take them over to the Andromeda. Wait. Squad. I love it when you're chopping that Not that moment. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're a great crowd. Okay, girls, we need the lane now. And your shoes. They were three small-town girls with big-time dreams. Who's a rock star? I am. Who wanted to share their music with the world. We can't sit around here waiting for it to happen. We are musicians. We should be out there playing music. We do play. Nobody believed in them. You know, you suck. But they believed in themselves. We're special. Yeah, special Ed. <laughs> now, in a world of tough competition. And that is so sad. Fate is giving the Pussycats the chance of a lifetime. We'd love for you to sign with Mega Records. How am I going to pull this off? I'm a girl from Riverdale. I'm not a rock star. you got to believe in yourself. Things are finally going their way. But between the mania... Is that Joseph? They're gonna be huge! The managers... We decide everything. What's hot and what's not. Welcome to your party! Who else thinks that Fiona's a freak? And the media... We're gonna be on TRL? Mm-hmm. This may be the toughest gig they've ever played. Have you noticed that everything has sort of become all about Josie? Josie. 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 Josie! Spin around. I made you a rock star. Tell me you don't love that. Forget it. You know, I never liked you. No matter what happens, we will always be friends first. Kill me with the guitar. 
You messed with the wrong pussycat. My bad. Josie and the Pussycats. Josie the Pussycats from 2001. Your plot synopsis is this. A girl group finds themselves in the middle of a conspiracy to deliver subliminal messages through popular music. This stars uh, a lot of late 90s and aughts favorites. Uh, Rachel Lee Cook, uh, Rosario Dawson, Tara mm. Reed. Yes, indeed, Rosario Dawson. I got a hug from Rosario Dawson once. Oh, I'm jealous. Oh, she, she's a very nice person. Missy Pyle, remember Missy Pyle? I miss her. I thought she was very funny. Uh, Alan Cumming, Parker Posey, <laughs> even Carson Daly. Yes. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm going to gush over this film because I love it so. Uh, so I'm going to give Jamie the first shot to say what she thinks about the film. You're on mute, babe. Jamie. Jamie. I'm going to somebody else, I guess. Though. Damn it. Sorry, I was pressing the wrong buttons over here. Okay. <laughs> I was like, mute. I was like, I hit mute on my mic. And I hadn't muted myself on my mic. I had muted myself on the PC. So I was like, oh, so then I unmute that. But now the mic's muted. So then I, <laughs> I was all over the place. Sorry. Um, yeah. Oh, I had never seen this before. What? I No, I know. I know. I don't know why. <laughs> I Because I really did. I mean, my only, my only connection to Josie and the Pussycats was Scooby-Doo and the cartoon. Oh, wow. And, um, like, uh, the Josie and the Pussycats cartoon. And then there, but I, my first, um, my first introduction to them was on Scooby-Doo. And I always loved it. I always loved that Josie and the Pussycats episode of Scooby-Doo because it was fun because you could kind of pair them off. Was you this know? A, a new Scooby-Doo movie? Uh, yeah. No, 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 the one no, hour ones? I think it was. No, they, it was, they, they, uh, yeah, they, they call them the new Scooby-Doo movies, though, when they had the crossover ones, though. With the yeah, Ad, like the one with Adam's John family. Adams, the yeah. one with Jonathan Winters, the one with... Um, Harlem Globetrotters. Harlem Globetrotters, yeah. Um, and this was, uh, this was always a fun one for me because you could kind of pair them off, you know, like Scooby-Doo and Sebastian and then Fred and... I can't even remember all their names. But anyway, everybody had, everybody had like a pair and it, and it was... It was it was fun for me. I like I so I don't know why I didn't watch this movie. Probably it was what two thousand one. Seems like it would have been something that I would have enjoyed, but maybe I thought it would be too poppy for me at the time. Um, so I don't know. Either way, I just didn't. And so when I'm watching this, I'm like, well, this is really, really. First of all, it's really cute. Like it's it's. Um, I don't mean cute like Care Bears cute. I mean. Um, just like it's cute, it's poppy, it's colorful, it's fun, it's, uh, you know, everyone's like really high energy. Uh, the very first thing that we get introduced to is du jour, um, this boy <laughs> band, which is, I mean, I love them. It is, first of all, it's Seth Green, whom I've always had a crush on. Like I'm, I'm jealous my, of that bow and that hat he wears in that movie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like my whole life, I've, I've loved him. And... Um, what's his name? Uh, Tariq. Is that his name? Tariq, the the guy from Scrubs. I can't remember his name, but um, he's in it, and I can't remember who else is in the band. But Brecken Meyer. Oh, Brecken Meyer. Um, whom I also like. This time, this particularly at this time period was like Brecken Meyer time. Actually, what we have here is a a lot of people from movies that you would see at that time, like um, like Road Trip. 
um, because the brother was also from um, Road Trip, which just, I don't know, This I was like, oh, this is fun. This is a fun cast. And then, of course, we have Tara Reid, who, like I said, off air was basically playing herself, I, <laughs> I swear, here. Um, she's adorable. She really was adorable. She's just like, at times it kind of bordered on annoying because it was just a little, t- like, whenever she would just go running off. There's something about that run that just seemed fake. I mean, obviously it was fake, but I mean, it just seemed, I don't know. I, I was just like, oh, okay, with the run. But it, it was, she was cute. She She was really cute. But my probably, oh, and then Parker Posey who is just, she's always phenomenal. I love her and everything. And my favorite, absolute favorite, though, is Alan Cumming. I thought he was <laughs> fantastic. And he did this really cool Romy and Michelle callback that I just thought was brilliant. And it was very subtle. And uh, because all he said was, you know, sometimes you have to wait to your 10th reunion for to get that kind of revenge. I mean, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically wait for your 10th high school reunion to get that kind of revenge on people who didn't like you in high school. And that was so brilliant because straight out of Romeo and Michelle, which was hilarious. And I love that movie. Um, so, yeah, the uh, the music was fun, poppy, but fun, like in, in a really fun way. The I was just, all the people that were showing up here, like Carson Daly. And I mean, so it was very of its time, which was great in a hilarious way. The product placement was killing me because I haven't seen so much product placement in a movie since like Palm Wonderful, the movie. It wasn't by accident either, I guess. Um, Well, no, of course not. Of course (laughs) not. Um, It's, I mean, that was basically the whole point of this film, but it was, they did it so well. It was so everywhere. I mean, everywhere you look, everything had a logo on it. And I was thinking, wow, 17 years later, it's even worse now than it was when they made this movie, you know. Um, so that was just that's kind of funny. Um, I don't know. I really had a good time with this movie. And I was surprised that I wasn't coerced into watching it before now. I mean, it just seems like I don't think I know anyone like in my real life, like personally, who had seen it. I don't think any of my friends saw this movie because I feel like if any of them had, they would have said, hey, we need to watch this movie. Not once did anyone ever say that to me. So um, I really don't feel like I know anyone who's seen it. And then it's that's sad because it's really it was really fun. I had a great time and I would watch it again. So, um, yeah, plus I really did dig the music. So it was fun. I This is this was good. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Suzanne. I was Uh-oh. a big fan. <laughs> I was a big fan of the cartoon. I grew up watching the cartoon. I just didn't like it when they went into space. I thought that's where the cartoon fell apart. Was it bleep? Bleep was kind of lame. I, I just I couldn't stand it. I just couldn't stand that when they went into space. So I was like trying to recapture my love of that cartoon. Apparently, my husband was a huge fan of the cartoon and had a bunch of the comic books. Jeez. I wonder why. But he's the reason I waited to the last minute to watch this because he had to go out of town and he was going to throw a hissy fit if I watched it without him. So we watched it. And I will say this. My husband loved the movie way more than I did. But 
let me just say this. I just don't really care for pop music. I there are a couple of songs that they I, I heard throughout the movie that, you know, bring me back to the eighties, like Romeo Void. Uh it, it 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 was it it was a cute movie. I don't want to. I just don't want to diss on it. It's just not. Once again, we're going back to that place where this is just not my thing. But it was it was cute. Yes, Tara Reid played herself. Um, but the thing that did make the movie that I actually got invested in watching this was Ellen Cumming and Parker Posey. If it wasn't for them, I do not know if I would have been able to make it through the movie. I found their performances just to be outstanding. Ellen Cumming had me cracking up every time he spoke. Parker Posey, just that girl that she, towards the end, spoiler alerts, that just wants everybody to like her. So she's going to subliminally tell everybody that they have to like her and she's the coolest. But it was, yeah, it was, it was cute. I can see for its time that it would it would definitely appeal to a lot of people. It's just like I said, it's just not my thing. And I and but I do there are things about the movie I like. So once again, I'm just not going to diss on it. It's just not my thing. But there are a few really high points, and I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah, the part at the end where where Alan Cumming lets his gut out. Uh, yeah, I, I laugh every time that happens. You know, I've been holding that in for fifteen years. You know? <laughs> oh, but Iris, what'd you think of it? Okay, this is where I'm going to have to confess and say that Iris is a closet pop music lover. <laughs> <laughs> I, and you know, seriously, I it's okay. <laughs> seriously, Jamie. For me, this movie has Jamie all over it. And had I not known that you had not seen this, I would have been on your ass until you had seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Because seriously. Well, because it's just like, it's a Jamie movie. It's cute. It's funny. It's got like all these great characters, you know, like Alan Cummings in it. And it it just seems like one of those bubbly Jamie movies. Yeah. Well, it totally was. See, see, so I, no I chat, so I was really uh, disappointed. I know. See, Alexander, uh, see, what was the, uh, the cat's name? Was it Alexander? Sebastian. Who was Sebastian? Sebastian. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sebastian. I was like, I remember Sebastian. I thought that was the cat's name. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, there was no Sebastian, but, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I enjoyed this movie a lot. <laughs> I watched it twice. <laughs> um, it was it, it was it's so much fun uh, because it it calls me back to a time where you know my kids were little and they would sit and watch these funny movies with me and they loved the music and it's just fun and damn who doesn't want to watch Rosario Dawson <laughs> uh uh, you know, and then there's Parker Posey and Ellen Cumming. They have such great roles in this, and they're so much fun to watch. And um, just the, the whole premise of this, how, um, you know, there's these subliminal messages. Now, when I was growing up, um, at the time, there was these tapes that you could listen to that had music, but they had, like, this subliminal message underneath. 
so when this movie came out, I thought it was just hilarious because I'm like, oh my god, you know, you trusted the subliminal message on those tapes was what it was telling you. <laughs> so maybe it was just telling me that I needed, you know, to go Benetton. <laughs> I don't know, which I did have a lot of. So interesting. Anyway, um, yeah, no, hmm. this this is such a great fun film, and um. Actually, I had kind of forgotten about it until you guys mentioned it, so I can't wait to show it to the little man so he can sit and watch a little bit of, you know, mommy's, um, how mommy, you know, what mommy grew up listening to, kind of, because then, you know, she loves the Ramones and stuff like that, too. So, um, yeah, um, great film. I really loved it. Had lots of fun. And then the product placement, I mean, just in your face everywhere, and to me, this movie is kind of making fun of itself. I'm sick of these these sweats. I need some Puma sweats, man. You know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, orange is the new sweat. pink. Is the new orange? No, pink oh, is the new was... red. Orange is the new pink. Pink. I was so waiting for somebody to say orange is the new black. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't happen. Um, that would have been funny. I but, loved oh. it. Another line I loved was when Alexander turns to Alexandra and he's like, "I just don't know why you're here." And she's like, "I'm here because I was in the comics." <laughs> yeah, that was great. They broke that fourth wall, yeah. It's kind of fun. <laughs> and then at the end, when the guy was talking, it, he looks at her and he goes, oh my God, she's got a skunk on her head. And he's and he's like, oh, no, that's just your hair. Well, that's really messed up. I I always loved her skunky hair. I thought that was badass, like in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I always loved her anyway, because I have, I am always drawn to the bitchy characters. But um, I thought that was really funny, though. She's like, I'm here because I'm in the comics. <laughs> That was great. There's a see, and there's a lot of that little stuff in there that enough that if you never watched the, the comics or knew the cartoon, you would have some fun with it. But if you did have that nostalgia or that background or that reminiscence, that you'd catch these little quips. So I, I think all around, it, it's a great film. Yeah, with the exception of Sebastian, most everybody from the comics and the, the TV show show up. And the yeah, movie. they totally should have had Sebastian though. That's that was a. That was a their bad. Yes, that was a, a their bad on their part, yes. Honk uh, if you love pussy. Honk if you love pussy, yes. <laughs> that so, she's so adorable, again, so adorably clueless in this movie. <laughs> I mean, she could be she over here, like, and then I could be over there. Yes. <laughs> and then I could be in the living room, and I could be in the living <laughs> oh, room. Really, I mean, she really was cute. She was she really was... trying to sell it, man. She really was. Like, and then when she, I'm just, I really had fun with this. She hits Carson Daly with the Matt Damon cutout. Yes. And she knocks him over. Like, I would ever go out with a guy like you. Now, you, on the other hand. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's like one of the most, that's one of the, there's a couple of dated jokes in the movie where if you, if you watch the movie now, it's like, why are they being so lovey dovey with each other? Because they were a thing, I think, during the filming of this movie, her and Carson Daly, if I remember my my aughts trivia correctly that they were once a thing. Um, I think that's correct. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. I'm oh, the, there was that also the Bill Cosby joke, which I was like, Ooh. Oh, oh, I know. Yeah. Right. Nowadays I was like, Ooh, burn. It's, it's just mad TV. Ari Spears being a mad TV. Ari Spears, you know, that the, Oh yeah. I always thought his Sha- Shaquille O'Neal impression was spot on though. <laughs> Oh, me. I see this in theaters with a couple of friends. 
And then we went and seen it again, and we had just a good time with it, and I, I watched it twice for the show, just like ours, because I really love this film. I, I love uh, I love how smart it's written. It's, it's kind of like a Lord album in a way, to where they're saying, we're not really making this for you, you stupid teeny boppers, we're kind of making fun of you, and either you get it or you don't get it, you know. Um, but they throw those great tunes in there. I, I, lo- I love the opening of this film, the whole... Dujour arguing on the plane thing makes you laugh every time about talk, bitching about the cocaine. He took my face. He said, he, what this is my face. Epis, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Remember I established a what face? <laughs> and then here on the cover of 17, my face. <laughs> Wait, beauty secrets? What? You know. It's it's so great the argument they're having. It, it, uh, and Alan Cumming throughout this entire film his comedic timing in, in everything, but especially in this, is spot on. You know, to, to where, of course, Dejour figures out they have messages behind their music, and they they have to they're gonna crash the plane, and when he he just pops in the cockpit and says, "Take the Chevy to the levee," and I I can't hold my my water. Oh enough. God, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I had a hard like time. That means he's gonna yeah, be, finishing that one out. Who, who who makes a day the music died joke right before they're gonna crash the plane? This movie does, okay. All, all day Smells long. like teen spirit. Crash a yes. plane with a band in it. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that was very funny. And you know what's funny is that so many people won't even get that. Oh, I hope but I love that about it. I love that about it. I, 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 about it now, it. You know, it's very fast-witted, and it, it starts out with, um, I've always loved this power pop, you know, type music. Uh, and all the Pussycats tracks were produced by Babyface. That's probably why they sound so good. And, of course, uh, that's not Rachel E. Cook singing. That's the that's the singer from um from Letters to Cleo singing. I've always been a fan of Letters to oh, Cleo. Oh, okay, okay. I I have been a fan of them for since I've been in middle school. So, well, it also reminded me of um that that kind of music reminded me of, of like the Donnas. Mm-hmm. And what do you call that? What's that call? I've always loved I've, I've always loved the Donnas because they weren't gorgeous, but they were approachable. And they could mm-hmm. play. They could play their own instruments, so that turned me on even more. See, you know. Yeah, like I like music like that. I think it's fun, but I, there, I feel like there's a name for it, and I don't know what it is. But it was is very. It, is it there in the angst rock or something like that? I remember. No, that's vaguely. That's, that'd be that's, like whole, wouldn't that's, it? That's L seven. <laughs> yeah. Throwing their oh, tam- yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwing their tampons <laughs> at people and shit in the crowd, you know. Oh, dear. Na- no, that's just female abusing their audience. Nasty women. <laughs> yeah, ew. <laughs> no, I know, there's a fucking word for it, and I cannot think of what it is. But yeah, the songs, I I, I, I still listen to the soundtrack very often. I, I, it's still uh, on a playlist somewhere that I listen to often, and uh, I enjoy it for that reason. Tara Reid is adorably clueless, clueless in this movie. She just plays that... That that innocent, you know, but kind of dumb role pretty well. The part where Josie is is under the control of the subliminal messages, and she tells her that puppies—I mean, puppies turn into dogs who grow old and die—and she just loses her shit, you know, because she finds this out for the very first time, apparently. And uh, (laughs) um, Parker Posey—I like her better than things where she plays that 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 diabolical, you know, but, but, you know, bubbly role pretty well in this movie, you know, and, uh, of course they have their maniacal laugh moment, her and, uh, Ellen coming in this movie, and, uh, what else is there to love? There's lots of love about this movie. 
I just I just love the way it's structured and the way it's written because it's very smart and it's very up to times. Even even today, if they made this movie today, it'd be even worse because now you have the internet is is a powerful juggernaut. You have social media. They'd be all over this shit because I think a, a live concert webcast in two thousand one would have been a very slow experience on your your dial up modem probably. Just trying to watch that shit. Um, there's more. I love Rosario Dawson is uh. <laughs> well, you know what? And this is gonna sound lately. This is before I guess she got fat shamed into losing some weight because they thought that maybe she'd lose some weight. She still had that Latina pudge going on in this movie a little bit. Oh, she's perfect. She, she, she is. She was. She wasn't fat. fat, but you know what I'm talking about Iris, to where they had like that mm-hmm. that that little mm-hmm. build to them. Well, somebody must have fat shamed her in like 2003 because she just shed all of that off, and I, I kind of got turned off just a little bit because you see, if you meet her now, she's kind of skinny as a rail, and that kind of makes me sad. It's like she's all bones and boobs, and you know, that's not sexy all the way. No, you gotta have something to hold on to. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. Is there a thing called pop punk or punk pop? Yeah. What? Yeah. Kind of like your Blink 182. Would- would that fit? Is that what I'm thinking of? Probably. I don't Probably. know. I'm stuck she calls on this. herself the punk, the punk prom queen in her song. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm stuck on this. I'm sorry. I feel like... <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. It's, it's, it's there's, quite... There's thing that's on the tip of my head, and I can't on the tip of my head. <laughs> quite the conundrum. It's at know. the corner of my head brain. <laughs> it won't make it down to my talking. <laughs> Talking place. But it's like Jamie said, though. Not a lot of folks saw this, you know, back in the day. I don't think that that necessarily would have would have had interest in it, you know, because like it wasn't really a thing. But then again, two thousand one wasn't really a hot bit of horror back in those days. I think you had not a whole lot coming out back in the the, the early two thousands. Yeah, that was a really boring period. I know I didn't watch a lot of shit then. So I love movies like this for the same reason. I love movies like Zoolander. It's that that. It's it's that special kind of stupid, to, to where if you look if you look a little far into it, it it's really really smartly written. And I, Zoolander is the exact same way. I, I hope we do that one of these days because I, I love Zoolander so much. And it's really stupid, and he's really stupid, but he's he's playing that stupid role to a T. And uh, oh yeah, the, like like you guys mentioned, the the the, the product placement of this film is amazing. They they I, I love. <laughs> I love the subliminal stuff, because the kids they have on the streets, as you're listening to this stuff, you know, the whole idea of them saying, it's, it's time to switch all these things, and you know what, that they made a video in there to, to, to try to sell the idea to the government, starring uh, one, the one, the only Eugene Levy, <laughs> and, and everything you said in the video was kind of true, you know, they get wads of cash from babysitting and part-time jobs, and they don't pay taxes, so they should buy shit, you know, and all this other stuff, and... He wasn't entirely wrong, but at the same time, don't don't push it you know, illegally through the kids' eardrums to say, go buy a six-pack of Zima, or in, in, Melody, mm-hmm. in Melody's case, go buy a Big Mac when you're a vegetarian. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> um, you gotta get those jerking tree horns, you know, for, for, from uh, Foot Locker or whatnot. I don't know what all those things are. It's just kind of... Jerkin. Jerkin. I remember tree horns. Yes. Jerkin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I'll teach ah. little man to say jerkin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It has. It could have other connotations, and I, I, just, <laughs> I was like, man, I wish well, they'd used mm. another word. Um, 
Thank you for reminding me. They <laughs> <laughs> say, cool. They say, wow, that's jerking. Yeah, that's jerking. You know, no, I'm, uh, I love a lot about this film. I want to give a, a crazy amount away, but it, it ends with a bang, you know, with, you know, good triumphing over evil. And then, of course, playing another song and a blooper reel. And I think everybody should see this movie. I know Big Bill Cassidy, it's Nelly and, Richard Schmidt are big fans of this film like I am, and uh, it captured a time when I was just getting out of high school, and it captured it perfectly. Those superficial, shitty kids who, you know, they make, they make TRL a thing, and the Total Request Live in this thing, you see those same assholes jumping up and down, waiting for Eminem to come to the window, you know, those kind of kids, you know, and, and those aren't necessarily kids that I liked. But I like that the film like this was pointing out certain things and making me laugh about it. So, <laughs> there's that. And the soundtrack, like I mentioned. I mean, there, there, there's great songs on here right right from the beginning that, that they pump in your eardrums. And that they, they don't seem like a song you would like. But uh, I think Backdoor Lovers were a feel-good film, a feel-good song. <laughs> <of the year. laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I uh, there's a there's something about the aesthetic of late '90s, early 2000 films, like uh, and, and across genres too. Like, so you have something like this, and then say, go look at something like Jawbreakers. It's um, it's the same as far as like they're very colorful, and this was before everyone started making movies that looked like The Matrix. Yeah. Um, before everybody's movie was one fucking color, whether it was green or yellow or blue or whatever they decided to go with, which got on my goddamn nerves. Uh, but it was just very poppy and colorful and 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 bright and I don't know enjoyable. Like it just it just it was like damn, this was fun and um yeah, uh, it's you can't help but I, I think smile just at being surrounded by it. Or at least I couldn't. Anyway, I was just like, oh, like, hey, you know. <laughs> Even though I don't think the themes were all that deep or anything, you know, oh, it's no three bill, it's no three billboards, but it's, um, but it's just, um, it was entertaining and and it kind of, kind of infectious in that way, you know. If I had to say anything, I'd say Tara Reid and, and Alan Cumming really kept me in the film because you know. Their characters are probably my favorite characters in the entire film. Just, you know, for, for whatever reason, I, I really I really felt a, a kinship to those characters in this film. And I love whenever they came on screen. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm sorry. Now that made me happy, too, that Tara Reid here. This was pre-Trainwreck Tara Reid. <laughs> when she was just cute and adorable, and I liked seeing her. Because I always really liked her back in the early days. And then... Um, I, I love that now that she has come to embrace, um, like Sharknado and like that, 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 that's what she does now. And I think that's cute. Uh, you know, so I'm, that's good for her. But back then this was, it was like a very optimistic time. You know, she was at the height and she just was adorable. I always thought she was adorable. So I think this show cases that really well yeah, and um what the hell ever had to happen to rachel lee cook she was huge for about a minute she just kind of went away i don't know i, I didn't really look it up i to swear see i saw help. her in a cannibal horror movie really what recently uh mm -hmm. maybe i could be wrong because she 
her and about five other of your 90s, 2000s stars all kind of had the same look. Uh, yeah. Let, uh, let me I double check because I could be horribly wrong here. Still somebody's looking though. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. What the hell else has she been doing, you know? So in that, yeah, she's in a that, beauty. In that Don't Tell Your Papa video, still in the look, you know, it's a... Uh, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but I'll stick it to Iris. Oh, no, it was my bad. It was Rachel Miner. Uh, it looks remarkably oh. like Rachel Lee Cook. Uh, what was Rachel Miner in? Tooth and Nail. Oh, I never saw that. I remember the title. I remember the poster, but I don't remember watching the movie. It's got like bones, like a bone formation on the poster or something like that. Yeah, bone butterfly. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, not a horrible movie. It was I, I enjoyed it. Okay, I'll check it out. I like cannibal movies. Right. I'm gonna kick it there. So, uh, anything else you have to say about it? And what is her rating, one to ten? All right. Well, I like I said, really, really like this one. I'm gonna give it an eight because it's just so much fun. Music's great. And um, the characters are off the wall, but not to the point where where they're not believable. So I'm going to give it an eight. Fair enough. Suzanne? I just, this one was just not, it was cute. It, it really was a cute movie. There were some cute things. That, and there, the, a lot of the things you guys talked about, the product placement was hilarious. Um but yeah, I just don't want to be too harsh on it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it like a six and a half. I may revisit it in the future just to just to see. But there are some great parts of the movie. It's just like I said, another one of those movies is just not for me. But it will get another chance. Well, let's do it du jour style and ask Jamie what uh, her final thoughts are. Which you want to ten. <laughs> um, incidentally, did you know that um, in order to preserve their like um, wholesome image, Archie Comics demanded they put in a scene where you sh- where it shows them brushing their teeth? <laughs> <laughs> no way, really. I just I think that's funny because well, yeah, because when I see that scene, I think, oh, they're so wholesome. I like who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh no. Another thing I forgot that was of its time um, was Mr. Movie Phone. Oh, How yeah. That? How about that shit? I forgot all about Movie Phone. Welcome to Movie Phone. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I thought this was really fun. Totally took, by, took me by surprise. I didn't expect to enjoy it nearly as much as I did. I can't really think of anything that I would do differently if I were them, because I think they pretty much nailed it. So I'm actually going to go with a nine. Cool. Yeah, right there. I'm, I'm with that nine. I mean, I, I watched it, I'd, I'd say, four or five times at least in the past two years. If I watch it again sometime in the near future because I, I this film I go back to a lot much like Zoolander much like another film that these same writer and directors made that's another great <laughs> slice of uh, aughts and 90s nostalgia uh, can't hardly wait that has everybody in that fucking movie and uh, that's one of those great one night only movies that you know not not a lot of grown folks talk about oh, I love that movie great soundtrack on that one too so good but they, they made that movie too in a Fingers crossed, I may tell you something about it off the air because I don't want to mention it on the show unless it happens. But uh, I'll talk about it then. I'm with that nine, though. Nine's good. Uh, it's, it's not perfect. 
the reason why I asked, did, did Brian watch it with you, was not like to say, hey, did you want to watch something bad? I was like, I want to see what he thinks something I actually genuinely enjoy, and just to see what he thinks about it, you know. And, uh... Now, he came wandering in here while I was watching it yesterday, and I was like, hey, I don't guess you want to watch Josie and the Pussycats. He goes, nope, and kept on walking, and I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, that non yeah, like, Brian. Yeah, yeah Pat <laughs> loved this movie way more than I did. <laughs> uh, I wish Pat would have came on the review. That'd been kind of awesome. You had to have the whole Pat. Out of ten, how many stars do you give Josie and the Pussycats? Really? That's it. Maybe seven. You liked it way more than I did. I gave it a six and a half. Okay. Then maybe I didn't like it way more than you did. <laughs> Disappointment. <laughs> um, we'll be right back to uh, talk about some dead folks and to close out the show. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? <laughs> we got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. Hey, Paul, what I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know. That might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. And, yeah. And, yeah. Well, what about, I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe Ooh. he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I, I mean, we I, might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and you know sure, just, sure. just all kinds of actors and and I think people will do that. I think. Sure. Why not? Well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at Who Will Survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh wait, can we do it? underwater oh, with that, piranhas killing me that would then, kind of be brutal and if that doesn't work then you can do the regular promo 
Alright, well, just get in the water and I'll go get some fish. Alright, cool. Uh, now it's time for that unfortunate time, and we have a few folks to talk about in this, and uh, that's always uh, hurtful in a section we call the Butcher's Block. Uh, first up on the Butcher's Block, uh, <clears throat> we had two suicides this week, and uh, that's always unfortunate. And uh, one of which, which not somebody this close to me, but I'm sure it was close to a lot of women who spend their husband's money or their own money. You know, women can have money too. Uh, Kate Spade was a fashion designer, icon, made a lot of purses and whatnot. Uh, like I said, I wasn't close to her, but apparently she had some problems. And she uh, she hung herself, and that's always a terrible thing. And uh, I think she was going through some marital issues at the time. They were separated, but they weren't divorced, and... Uh, th th these two people, uh, most importantly people, in, in, in any sense, mental health should and should not, should not be ignored by anybody, our government, our people, if you know somebody that's having a problem, you can't just let it lie, and that's what happened to this, these people, and the next guy we're going to talk about, but, uh, I'll, uh, kick it to Suzanne, uh, have you ever, uh, purchased a Kate Spade product before, and what do you think of the situation? I still have a Kate Spade bag in my closet that I bought like 10 years ago. Uh, I, and this is something I read and it makes sense. But she didn't like anything that was super flashy and trendy. She liked simple things that would endure. And I I think I appreciate that most about her. Because I, I just like a simple bag with a nice bright color. That's all I'm asking for. And something that... People aren't going to look down their nose and be like, oh, my God, that's last year's bag. Mm. And not like I'd give a shit anyway. But <laughs> she and, and her stuff was never as expensive as, you know, Coach and Louis Vuitton. But, yeah, she just made nice, functional, bright things because 99% of my wardrobe is black. But I always like to have a flashy colored purse. Fair enough. Iris. Um, yeah, I have. Um, oh, I had one of her. um iPhone thingies uh case? Yeah, case. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> words words hard today. <laughs> what this word? <laughs> no, um and it's just uh it's just sad because um somebody a friend of mine had posted something on Facebook that said that you know uh, these tragedies always bring people together saying, you know, call these numbers, you know, if you have a problem, do this, do that. But uh, something about depression is that it's isolating. And if you already feel isolated, you're not going to call numbers. So what she was saying was, instead of saying, telling these people to reach out, how about if you haven't seen someone in a while, or you haven't talked to someone in a while, you reach out. And that's very true. I think that not only should they reach out, but we as their friends should also reach out to them. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Fair enough. JJ. Uh, I always appreciated Kate Spade products. I did. I, I loved her style. I love the simplicity of her, her bags. I never owned one um, just because, and like Suzanne said, they're not as expensive as um, like Coach, for instance, not even close, but they're, but it was still more than I ever wanted to spend on a bag. Um, I usually do like 75, 80 bucks and then I'm happy. But I, um, 
So I never did get around to getting them, even though I always did appreciate them. And I always thought her style was pretty kicking. I mean, she, it's very simple. And that's what I like. I do. I also like things that will endure. Um, and that has that has increased the older I get because I look back and I realize, damn, I've had there are things I've had for 20 years. There are things I've had that longer than some of the people I work with have been alive. Um, uh, But you won't notice, you would never really notice that because I tend to buy things that are kind of timeless. And I like that. So, yeah, I mean, she was never, I don't think she was ever a designer that attempted to cash in on trends. And and I I just, I don't know, I, I enjoyed that. So... I, that's it's sad. It's when it's sad when this happens to anyone, but it's that was really sad when I did. I was like, oh man, because we were talking about Anthony Bourdain the other day, and I was like, oh, did you hear that Kate Spade committed suicide? And Brian's like, who's Kate Spade? And I was like, she was a designer, like, um, she designed bags, and he's just like, uh, uh no, like, he didn't have a clue, like, not even a, not even a little bit. And I get that, you know, like, I don't, I understand, but, um, it's, it's, I don't, it's, it just seemed weird to me, I guess. Um, I don't know, because designers and people like that who spend the majority of their time behind the scenes, you know their name more than you know about them personally, if that makes any sense. It's like you recognize the name, you see the name all the time, but you don't necessarily pay attention to what's going on in, in their lives behind all that and then so then when this happens i'm like oh i mean i didn't i didn't know i mean of course she would have problems too of course she could have depression too i just never considered it (laughs) you know because it just you see that you see the 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 products and you see the name and that's as far as it went at least you know i mean for me i just never thought about the person behind that so i'm like oh that's really sad that i never did but anyway um yeah, it's sad. It's like they released that trailer for that Robin Williams uh, documentary that's coming. I forget who's who's putting it out. I think HBO. And uh, I know I'm going to weep like a bitch, but he's another one of those guys that that, that hit it real good, you know, his depression. And, and uh, nobody saw that coming either. And, you know, except for the folks that are probably very, very close to him and didn't really want to say anything about it. Whatever, I'm not going to get into that, but... um. Uh, another one that uh, unfortunately killed himself was, uh, I don't know if she was the husband or the, the girlfriend. Well, genre actress Aja Argento was his lady. Uh, world-renowned chef and, and, and foodie uh, Anthony Bourdain committed suicide as well. Uh, same way, he hung himself. And um, I, I've watched his show. I mean, this is a whole counterculture. Uh, hashtag why not Guy Fieri because, you know, yeah, that guy's annoying. But uh, this guy, um, <laughs> he did a good job of grossing me out, let's put it that way. He did the show, was it called Parts Unknown, his show? Where he would go around the world eating disgusting things from around the world? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he grossed me out a lot, but I knew he had skills as a chef. I've watched him on TV. He's one of the ones that you know who he is, like a Robert Irvine. He's one of the one of the, the all-star chefs there are in this world on TV and abroad. And uh, I always thought he was hot. Well, I did too. I don't have that it's... issue, you know. I have Giada Dila. Look, he drank, he drank, he smoked, he cussed, he was, I just, I was like, I he love was, this he, guy. 
he was the anti-food network guy. Yeah, I, I have, and that was sexy. I have Gianna De Laurentiis for that. You know, where I, I watched her today. She's making a sauce, and her boobs were just sticking out of whatever she was wearing. I was like, "Yep, she knows what she's doing." You know. I'm sorry, Gianna looks like an alien. <laughs> you know, I just, she, she had like really, she got really big eyes and a teeny <laughs> tiny little head. Suzanne, I want to find me a nice guinea girl. Where after we do the business, she'll make me a sandwich afterwards. Is this too much to ask for? You know. <laughs> she seems I like the type. Reminds me of Natalie Portman. <laughs> She seems like the type that'll make me a sandwich afterwards, okay? You know, we both lost some fluids, we're both very hungry, you know? She's like, hey, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. But, uh, Jamie... But she has porn music on, you know, it's does her music in the background while she's cooking, I swear, sounds like 80s, 90s porn music. That only makes Plus, it all that much all, worse for me. It's all soft focus and air, like, her show is just, is very soft focus and... I'm like, what am I watching here? Like, it doesn't fit. <laughs> Who else do I have to look at? I got Trisha Yearwood, the pioneer lady. Uh, the, the, um, used to have, uh, whatever happened to, oh, shit, oh, what I, was her name? I had a bad, big, um, big boobs chick, and she always had a, uh, she always did a cocktail and a setting, like a table setting with every I have recipe. Oh, oh, oh. Um, 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 hold on. The, the, the Contessa, the Barefoot Contessa. Is that who you're talking about? No, she's uh, older. But this one, it, she, she was blonde, mm. big tits. Mm. I think <laughs> I, Simply Homemade, was this the, the one you're talking about? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes that yes. one too I had a bad for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she's gone now. It's just, just she had her remains. Okay. But, uh, uh, but uh, not Robert Irvine. I don't want him to die, I guess. But um, this guy, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, Jamie, what'd you think about him? Well, I mean, I just—he's—I loved him, man. He was—he was brash and bold and hot. I—I just—I was immediately attracted to his style. Um, and he's just the—he's the kind of person that I dig. And I, I haven't seen anything that he's done recently. I haven't really paid that much attention, but. Um, it's still it's it's very sad, and I feel bad for Aja because, you know, I don't know. We can't That's we depressing. can't talk about her father's weird fetish with her now for a, at least a couple weeks there, Suzanne. Oh, come on, know, guys. At least, at least a couple weeks I would talk about her. I can't I can't speak for those other guys. Mm. But uh, scoozy scoozy, Suzanne. We well, no, wasn't he a little older than her? Maybe she did. Maybe this sort of yeah, speaks to her 61. daddy issues. He was sixty one. She is forty something. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. Oh, <laughs> although, although to be fair, I just said he was hot, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think we all... <laughs> so. Yeah, I can't really one... say much about that, then, can I? I guess. <laughs> if I had to pick Anthony a male, if I had to pick a male chef that I would go gay for, I pick Curtis Stone, probably. I guess, but just, I just throw that out there. You know, he seems he seems ruggedly handsome. But Suzanne, continue. You know, I this one gutted me because I've. I've read many of his books. I've read Kitchen Confidential probably two or three times. And what I loved, I think I, I, somebody had posted something about it yesterday. And my comment was this. Somebody asked, who's Anthony Bourdain? Like, Anthony Bourdain is that chef that went around and told you the things that nobody wants you to know about. He just, he, he just was that kind of gruff dude that I would have loved to have hung out with. And I, he's like the guy that you would want to go to a new city and have him show you all the places that nobody knows about. 
like, you know, the restaurants that have no sign, but you have to know where to go and open a certain door. I just, I loved his personality. I remember he was on, I think it was Miami Inc. years and years ago getting a tattoo. I, I, I just, I, I know he has substance abuse problems and he was an alcoholic, but I, I just never, ever got the impression that he would be the person that could kill himself. I'm going to miss his shows so very much. I'm going to miss his commentary because he was always the one thing I love about him. And I think it speaks a lot about the things that I like in my personality that he never pulled any punches. He always said things straight up without, you know, running through the company policy and what you can say about something. And I just appreciated that, that candor. And he's probably the last of his kind because everything is once again, back to being so politically correct. Mm. That, and like I said, he's like the anti food network and believe me, I love food network, but I just loved his commentary. I loved his, his worldview. And I just, I feel sick. I just feel sick to my stomach. I feel like I've lost a friend because I've watched him for years and years and years and years. Fair enough. Uh, Iris. Yeah. So again, um, you know, it just, Lynn and I were talking about this guy last night and I had no, no idea that Argento uh, Asia was his girlfriend. No idea. So uh, Lynn and I are talking and we're just discussing this back and forth and how, you know, all these people that you see, I mean, they just seem to just have it all together and have everything at their fingertips. And, you know, we were saying, well, I guess it just shows you how much we don't know about people. And then she goes, oh, here's the picture of his girlfriend. And I'm like, what? Um, so oh, she didn't know who, who that was? She didn't know who it was. That's funny. And I had no idea that Asia was his girlfriend. So I'm like, do, do, do you know who this is? And I start explaining to her, and she's like, uh, yeah, she's pretty famous. <laughs> I'm like, but, but, but. <laughs> oh, but anyway. Um, <laughs> her love of film is not like mine. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, and it was just, you know, we were just discussing this whole thing of how it's just, it's amazing that, you know, we what we see on the outside of a lot of people and not just celebrities, but you know, just people you walk down the street. Sometimes you'll, you'll be walking down the street and you see this person. You're like, wow, this chick, this guy has it together. They're dressed nice, beautiful smile on their face, just put together real nicely, but we don't know what's going on on the inside. And it just, every time something like this happens, it, it just really brings that to bear how, you know, celebrity or not, they're, Jamie said they're still human and they still, you know, you know, to quote Shakespeare, they, they, you know, you tickle them and they laugh, they bleed, they, they cry just like we do. And, um, it's just that disconnect that we as a society have that we put these people on pedestal and believe that they're perfect when in all reality, when nobody's perfect because we're all human. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I made a joke, a small joke, you know, when he, he, he I found that he killed himself, and Kazaja's been big with this Me Too against uh, 
a certain fat hog that I'll mention right now. I, all I can think of is like, that bitch mentions Harvey Weinstein one more time. I swear I'm going to do it. Yeah, that, that, I, I made that joke, and it, it was a wrong joke. I didn't make it out loud until right now. You know, I think of my brain, like, because, like, yeah, but whatever. That's a bad scene, and I hope I hope she's doing well as far as coping with this. And, uh, yeah. Um, last one that I think uh, has affected most of us in some way, shape, or form has happened today. Um, so we shared a story. Oh, shit. What? Just because... Jamie's killing people again, Because I don't know who it is yet. Jamie, Jamie's what? killing people again, people. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I have this history of finding out people died the day that I record podcasts. <laughs> oh, no. Who did you kill now? Happened with George Romero. Happened with um, um, Wes Craven. Happened with... I don't know. All the big ones. So This one's probably less ahead. famous than those people, I guess. But, okay. Uh, Eunice Gay said, if you don't know the name, you know what she is. She was the very first Bond girl in, in Dr. No in 1962, and she died at 90 years old today. Uh, wow. She played, I just watched her in a documentary. Yes. Played a character called Sylvia Trench, who showed up in Dr. No and Live and Let Die. She was probably one of the only Bond girls that crossed over into to multiple films. She was supposed to be in more, uh, apparently, but... She got uh, some of her earlier roles in in, in, in Hammer films, uh, uh, such as The Revenge of Frankenstein. Before uh, making her role in Doctor No, uh, she she, she um, would go on later on to play in British TV series such as The Saint and the Avengers. And uh, I think that um, not just her as a Bond girl, but Bond girls in general have become iconic in, in films, even, even probably more than James Bond himself. I, I would say some of them. Um, and she was the first one, which makes her special. And, uh, I'm going to kick it to Iris and ask, um, what she thinks of her in the, in, in the echelon of, uh, all the Bond girls, actually, because, uh, I think they're pretty important. Well, I have to say, the very first time I, I watched a James Bond movie and saw one of the James Bond girls, and it was Cannonball, by the way, I was... I was like, oh, wow, like this guy's very suave. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I should have known back then. Um, I would get crushes on these on these women. I mean, they were just so beautiful. And, I mean, you know, they were so wanted and like, wow. Um, I remember her in these two movies, and she she was beautiful. She was that – she was the epitome of that classy – uh, you know, 60s, 70s, uh, or, or I mean, you know, the the, the early 60s uh, woman that she was she was put together. She was beautiful, smart and talented in, in some sort of special way. And she was extremely desirable. And, you know, it was I think when society was starting to move away from June Cleaver being the desired housewife to more of you know, these women, the, the ones that weren't that, you know, she could, you know, wow you in bed, make you that sandwich and then go out and uh, kill a deer and bring it back and, oh, you know, gut it for you, the, you know, the femme fatale, you know, which yeah, is, I've, exactly. I've always loved, you know, because not only were they beautiful, but they were resourceful, too. And, you and know, they were deadly. And the, the, these, you know, there's modesty plays. Some of the women that you know, came later were, were just like they're beautiful with it, but that's all they were were eye candy. The Bond girls were a different animal, I think. 
Yeah, they were. They really were. And I think um, that has a lot to do with, I think, that mentality of just moving away from the, you know, marrying your high school sweetheart to, you know, women are independent and they will have jobs and, but they're still women. You know, they can still take care of their man. So, um, yeah. Anjali. There you go. I could bring home the bacon. <laughs> right open the pan. Exactly. <laughs> I used to love that commercial. Yeah, I used to love that commercial too. Uh, great. Now I'm going to have that freaking ear you know, in my head. Thank you, Jamie. But yeah, it's sad, but you know, it's she lived 90 years. She she lived a full life and hopefully it was a happy one. Okay. Uh Suzanne. I'm pretty much everything Ira said. The Bond girl was is always and still is, maybe not as much as it used to be, just an iconic image and a vital part of the movie. And it's very important. She was the first. This is the mold that you know gave us characters like, I'm going to say it, Pussy Galore. Yeah, I love her. She was, she was one of my favorites. But yeah, it's she lived a very long life and a, obviously a very fulfilled life. Jamie, ah, uh, yeah, Bond girls, it's very, uh, it's very special to me. I, um, if you pay, we have a documentary that we watched. Um, I think it's called Bond Girls Forever, something like that. Um, some of the girls have turned away from it in the years. Some of them have embraced it. She's the one. She's one of the ones who always embraced it, and um, saw it for what it was, which I think is a really good thing. And then you have the ones who turned away, who were just like, "Oh, it's very misogynistic," and blah blah blah. Yeah, fuck off. No, it's not. There, <laughs> there is nothing wrong. And anyone who has ever listened to me on any show I have ever done will know by now how I feel about femininity and sexuality, and because I don't usually shy away from it. And it's because I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I have absolutely no problem. I don't think anyone should with embracing your sexuality and embracing your femininity and also realizing that you can be a sexual human being and you can also be a strong human being. You can be an intelligent human being. Those two, those things are not mutually exclusive. And I think that when we look at... Um, Particularly, not like like Gary said, there were some who were just eye candy and they didn't really have much of a personality to offer. They were just sort of there. And that's fine. They were, you know, they were there. But then if you look at the ones who were, who were the femme fatales, you know, they were smart and sexy and powerful and resourceful. And why is that a bad thing? That's not a bad thing. That is... Just to me, the epitome of hot. And it's when I was a kid, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a woman who was in who was in full control of everything that I had and everything that I wanted. And, you know, was that I made my own future. I wanted that. But I also wanted to be sexy while I was doing it. And And I think that in a lot of ways... Today we seem to think it's a bad thing to be to want to be sexy, you know, or to want to have this 
more feminine side. And I have a real issue with that because I don't think there's, I mean, that's who I want to be. So, and yeah, like, um, like Iris brought up, I will bring home the bacon and I will fry that shit up in a pan. And then I will damn straight remind you that you're a man. So there we go. Brian's a lucky man. <laughs> oh. I think he thinks so. Uh, <laughs> He's played a video game right yes. now. He has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, he He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, babe. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'll end this segment, and I'll, uh, I'll ask Iris to push her stuff. I'm sure she's got stuff coming up. Um, Yeah, so... The theme warriors are getting together, and I think this week's theme, or this month's theme, is going to be uh, siblings in a movie, and not just the actors being the siblings. And uh, my pick was Day at the Opera for the Marx Brothers. So, and then I think the guys are still trying to put their stuff together. So, yeah, this month's going to be quite fun, because I think we're going to have a vast array of different types of movies. So um, uh, stay tuned. And as soon as it's ready to be out there, I will pimp it like crazy. Who? Suzanne? Um, We just had Demons 2 come out on the NFW as we are working our way through the Demon series with a bunch of movies I don't think belong in the Demon series, but uh, who am I to judge? And I do believe next... Tuesday, we are going into the church. So look for that on the NFW podcast. You can find that on Horrorphilia. Cool. In audio and video form, people. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, Jamie. Um, usual stuff. Uh, we just had a brand new Devour the Podcast come out where we talked about Terrifier and something else I don't remember the dead hate the living oh the dead hate the living that's right Um, we have um, married with children comes out every Wednesday and uh, we're going to have a new ABCs of hidden horror coming out uh, this coming week so um, it's another attack of it's a Another episode of Attack of the Colossal Collection. Uh, but we do have a letter, a full-fledged letter episode that we are really trying hard to get out. But Dave has uh, just moved into, he just bought a new house and he's been dealing with all of that stuff. So it's been kind of difficult, but we are going to be getting on that very soon. So uh, keep your ears on. Dave could talk with the horror mobby about the Sopranos and whatnot, but whatever, man, forget about it, you know. No, I love I love you some Dave Z. <laughs> Forget about it though. No. I mean myself, this show and the two Dream commentaries can both be found on LegionPodcast.com. Um sorry, so like he's doing some yard work outside. It's very, very loud, so I apologize for that. Uh Twitter feeds at GW and at Cinnabeefcast. Uh I should be hitting a whole, my first horror con of the summer, which would be Days of the Dead, uh Indianapolis in a couple weeks. Hopefully to get some neat Nightmare on Elm Street 3 stuff signed for you. And there's some other neat stuff there. I think uh, one of the guys from what we do in the shadows is there. So hopefully I'll get something tasty from him for the for the auction as well. For the Fleas and Flicks auction is happening in this, in early December. Just in time for Christmas. So if you love the one who loves memorabilia, we got lots to deliver over the last time. Because it was a big old mess with the website. And people couldn't log in. People couldn't bid on stuff. Jerry Herring's computer exploded, I think, and 
it was a big old how do you do. But uh, this time, hopefully we'll uh, be devoid of those problems and you guys can have a nice time in the Facebook event page and make some bids on some stuff for the South Suburban Animal uh, uh, Humane Society. And uh, go, uh, go do that. It's a no-kill shelter. I've mentioned this before. And I'll need help with uh, food and blankets and whatever dogs and cats may need. And, uh, yeah, that's it for that, really. That's it for this show. Uh, we all hope you guys had a jerking good time. Uh, you know, <laughs> watch the film. It's not It's not disgusting, I promise, you know. But uh, I do laugh every time I see a jerk chicken restaurant with really, really sexualized names like the Jerk Hut and stuff like that. It just sounds disgusting. But, uh... That's it for this one. And as always at the Sim Beef Podcast, if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you all next time. Bye. Bye. One, two, one, two, three, four.